Hi, all. You are listening to Kiss Kiss Game Game, the podcast about relationships and video games and how they come together. And coming together with me today is my co-host, Andrew Cogswell. Hello. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm good. Um, yeah, it's been a <laughs> long day. Um, I'm really excited to podcast. I, like, I have tomorrow off. Like This is the beginning of my little weekend that I get mm-hmm. every week. So like, this is a great way to start it. I'm stoked. Yeah. No, it's I always podcasts are always fun to do great start to a weekend yeah, um sure. and we also have with us today irrational passions uh alex o'neill how are you doing alex i'm doing very well thank you for, for very asking. well good it's good to have you on the show it's um, amazing to have you on the show um it's been a scheduling nightmare um, <laughs> yeah i'm, weeks I'm to such get, a get diva i just i have to have no. it my way or let's just not tell anybody about the email we got from you about how you had to have you know three bags of cheetos before you performed yeah. and was that like, was that called it's like a it's a, a docket not docket like i don't know i just know like i just yeah. remember there was some celebrity that had to have like three bags of cheetos and like only green m&ms and like weird shit like that was, i want to hang out with them first of all but it was probably kanye let's be real <laughs> listen if i don't have a full bottle of mountain dew i can't podcast mm. <laughs> That's 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 your uh, weakness. Yeah, it's it's actually my strength. It's the only thing that's keeping me alive. It's just straight, just your blood at this point. Yeah. No, I mean, I I really love the idea of this show. Uh, so it's it's very uh, much an honor to be here. Well, thank you, thank you. And we're big fans of. Irrational See, he Passions. loves the idea of the show. Not the execution. You know. <laughs> work okay a little a little rough yeah just like give the show to two other hosts and we'll be fine like these people are garbage well i remember when i um first started talking about it uh i we went to ign's first friday right after and mm-hmm. we ran into joey joey's actually the one who got us in there from kind of funny and she was like yeah she's like I, i've seen like you guys you know talk about kiss kiss game game and she's like i showed tim and he was like damn it that's a good name <laughs> I'm like, well, we're not going to live up to that. <laughs> this is going to be a terrible thing. Like, it, yeah, it was it was pretty funny though. I was like, yeah. yeah, it's a good theory, good name. Yeah, Let's see how it goes. <laughs> I think it's going um, well. I think it's going well. <laughs> thanks. So this is just part of the self depreciation. Yeah, we which we're going to gonna talk about it. later from me. Ooh, really? Yeah, yeah it ties into the question. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> really cool. I love hearing I'm people. Super shit. excited. Yeah, tell me about how much you hate yourself. Uh, nothing, nothing gets me more excited than uh, hearing people shit on themselves. I mean, that's kind of like uh, my brand. So yeah, I'm here, yeah, right. Like, my Twitter's being angry about things that people like and then hating myself. Exactly. <laughs> As anyone or any good internet user, yeah, would I mean, God that makes me really sad that I'm like I'm a, typ- I'm a typical Twitter user uh, in some regards. Welcome anyway. to the 100. <laughs> percent right. Oh man. Um, so I'm I'm okay to get on with the show. I'm really excited for today's episode. Um, we are talking about one of my all-time favorite games. Stop. Well, what? Alex, where can people find you? Pimp yourself. Oh yes, do yes, it. yes. We need to do that. <laughs> Please, what take me away? Take me to Segway Town. Oh, okay. No, so it, Andrew interrupted me because he was he was saying we need to have you um, pimp yourself. Yeah, introduce yourself. Kind yeah. of uh, tell us what you do, where we can find you. Um, What's well, irrational passions for? Yeah. The four people on the internet who don't know. <laughs> no, it's more than four. At least six. It's at least six. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a solid somewhere between six and 60 million like it's like a, <laughs> it's a middle ground there um i i host a podcast i own a website 
I it's all irrational passions based. Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard. It's snowballed to this point where it's like getting more and more difficult to describe to people. Uh, irrational passions is a website about video games, and it's a website not about like video game news and reporting. It's about like feelings and thoughts and and kind of culture. Uh, and reactions to games themselves, as well as like reviews and previews and all that good stuff. Um, I also host the podcast that's been there since the beginning, Irrational Passions Podcast. Uh, and I also host a new show on the site. It's called Get Acquainted. Uh, there's only one episode of that out at the time of this recording. Uh, yep. And that's the one with Andrea Renee, right? Yeah. I well, say- I know it is. I, I say right, but like I know it is, but I just wanted to give you that. Uh, yeah, the, the, that, that. the little, <laughs> little setup. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. A, it's a one-on-one interview show uh, where I plan on sitting down with people that I think are really interesting and want to have a conversation with. My first guest was Andrea Renee, um, and we talked about uh, video games and kind of like her her coming up in video games and Patreon and um, harassment in video games, particularly toward women. Uh, I thought it was a really good conversation. Um, it's the first episode is the March episode. There will be an April episode at some point. Um, just sometimes getting time with that nice. guest is hard. It's hard to do. It, oh, yeah. Scheduling can be, like we talked about earlier, kind of a nightmare. So I completely, and especially when you, I mean, you have, you're having killer guests like Andrea Renee on there and stuff too. Like, busiest I can lady only, in business. Bi- yeah, busiest, busiest lady in business. She was <laughs> super job, accommodating too. Like she like very much made time. Uh, for that what was weird was like the day of we had to like push it back like a half hour and she texted me because like I put my cell phone number in my email uh, and I just got a text message and if you have like an iPhone it says it'll like fill in the name yeah it'd be like uh, maybe like, this may- person maybe this person <laughs> yeah uh, and I, it was like maybe Andrea hey can we record later I was like what okay <laughs> um, weird so yeah <laughs> Just it's a, that was a whole weird thing, but it was great. It's a great conversation. But yeah, rational passions about video games. Uh, you should go check it out. I think it's pretty cool. I've been doing it for like eight years. So yeah, uh, so yeah. you guys have been around for a long, or I guess you kind of been building this brand for a long time, and it's really cool because I feel like you guys have such like you have a lot of people kind of working under that umbrella and you mm. give um, a lot of different people like a place to kind of use their voice. And it's really cool. I really it's, love that about you guys. It's a good platform. Um, yeah. I think like you guys and OK Beast are kind of my, um, my go-to when I think of great platforms for um, non, non-news based like games journalism. Yeah. To like really hear some voices come yeah, through. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Up and comers. So. It's good because yeah, OK mean, Beast and, and Irrational Passions have a blood feud and we hate each other deeply. <laughs> As I feel like I feel like Blessing and Moises have a blood feud with a lot of people. No, it's not But true. they're we, on we the same side, guys. but <laughs> No, 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 like they love everybody, but like also like they're like, We're gonna fight all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there have been several attempts at saying like, Hey, like let's let's start I I might I'm like peeling parting the kimono real hard right now. There've been several attempts of like, let's start like a fake fight. Uh, on social media mm-hmm. and i'm like i just <laughs> i just want to be nice to everybody like i, I yeah. don't even yeah. want to fight you guys yeah no. i mean moises moises texted me earlier today and got mad at me fake mad at me because we didn't tell him we were we've been engaged for four years jessica and i are and we finally set a date and i guess he just now discovered we were engaged we were engaged let alone getting married and he's like i'm so mad at you like in all caps i'm like why he's like don't think 
I like, don't think you can get away with not telling me you're getting married. It's like, Moises, what the fuck, dude? Like, it's been four years. He's like, I'm so mad, but also you have my whole heart. I'm like, yeah, this sounds about right. I mean, I didn't know that you guys were engaged until just this moment, so I guess, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, well, I, mean, like, I would have liked a, an email. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I found out over a tweet. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, we've, we talk frequently. I don't know how you missed this. Yeah. No, that's, um, well, congratulations. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. um, very exciting. Very exciting. Um, we should probably actually talk about video games, we though. We probably should. Sorry. Yeah, but, I just um, I do this no. every podcast. I just steal. No. I'm like, let's fucking make everything a 45-minute conversation. <laughs> no, you're Sounds, good. If, okay. To, to kind of segue into it. If there's any game that I would like to have a 45-minute conversation about, it's Persona 4. Because that's what we're talking about today. And it is one of my all-time favorite games. Mine, too. Yeah, Andrew, and uh, yours too, Alex. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, it's really cool because, like, all three of us have, you know, completely beat this game, which I don't know if, like, there's been a few games that we've had that we've talked about that I haven't completely beat yet, or maybe mm-hmm. Andrew hasn't completely beat yet. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we always play at least, like, a good chunk of it, but mm-hmm. this one we both have beat. We both love it. You love it. It's going to be just a lot of love. It's going to be a lot of podcast. gushing about this game. A lot of I gushing. Feel, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I've, yeah. I love Persona 4. Uh, that whole like four, game four stack or whatever, the hashtag going around right now. Oh you know yeah, what I'm talking about. I don't remember what the actual hashtag is. Oh, it's um, I think it's you stack four games. Yeah, or something, something like that. Like that. Uh, but I like four, four most inspirational games. Like Persona 4 is on mine, hands down. Uh, Persona 4 is one of my all-time favorite games. Uh, that game changed changed me <laughs> on like a deep deep level. For the worse. No, <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm a shadow creature now. Um, yeah. But no, I love Persona 4. So um, I'm excited. So what we always kind of do when we, we first start talking about the game is the first thing what we do is talk about the game as a whole and kind of um, not necessarily give it a review, but just talk about our feelings, um, what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, and then we move on to the relationships within the game. Um, usually the two kind of get meshed together. That's mm. honestly how it goes. And then we start talking about um, the question that we you know we posted this week. We look at the reader submissions and kind of talk about those. Um, so we start out with um, kind of asking our guests. So that's you today. Alex, um, why did you choose this game, and why is this game so important Wait, to you? Hold on, Alex. I, I oh. hate to keep doing this, but like we, we got to get we're trying to get better about this. We're trying to like oh. lock this format in. So, first of all, what is Persona? So, Persona, if you Persona Four, a lot like Persona Five. If you listen to that episode a few weeks, okay. like a month ago, uh, it's a high school uh, dungeon crawler slash life sim kind of thing. There, I'm done. I, I just want to. That's <laughs> okay. all. I, I just want to throw that in. Before okay. you come jump it's in, a like, video game. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> hey. um, but yeah, Alex, why did you pick Persona Four? Uh, I mean, Persona Four is my favorite game of all time, uh, and it's it's funny. My um, one of my friends and a writer for RationalPassion.com, he had a very good way of putting Persona Four Golden. It's he said that that game has a way of finding people when they need it the most, uh, mm. and that is like very true of my experience i played in high school um when i was very sick like bedridden kind of sick uh like i could i slept for about 14 hours out of every day um kind of like very uh limited in what i could do i i started and finished a a full playthrough of persona 3 and that game was unbelievably important to me uh it's the only thing i think that would ever rival persona 4 in how important it was to me uh, and I revisited it. I would revisit it later, like years later. But I tried to go right into the original version of Persona 4 right afterwards. It was about like 2009 era. 
Um, and I wouldn't actually finish Persona 4 until I finished Persona 4 Golden uh, in 2013, like right after I was kind of coming out of one of the worst like depressions of my life. Uh, and it just, it it is a game that hits a lot of points in a way that few others do. It's not a game like without problems too and I, I think the further we get away, away from it like it's kind of inability to address certain things definitely is a bit more of a blemish now um, than it was at the time but like even in spite of that I think it is tactful in a lot of its approaches it's confident in a lot of what it approached especially like as a game that originally came out in 2008 um, a game that talks about homosexuality and, and transgenderism is like oh okay like this game is is at least trying to approach these conversations. I don't think it does it super well in some cases, but um, there's no doubt that this game was like really thinking ahead of its time as far as like kind of social issues. But what's, what's the most important the reason like I want to talk about it in, especially in context of a show like this is it is a game about relationships. Um, The defining factor of persona as a series has been like, gamifying actual relationships like it is in my opinion found the best way to create a video game mechanic around a relationship um i you know just like a roundabout clever way that games have emulated but no one has successfully replicated uh i think i can i completely agree I, i like that you brought that up that you know relationships are the core mechanic of the game um, they impact your battling. They impact your just like day to day life in the game, and you. I mean, we've ta- we talked about Harvest Moon sixty four a couple weeks ago, and how like it's just like give gift heart have baby okay, and like that's the loop, and like relationships have been gamified that way for so long. But Persona did something so different, and I love yeah. that about it. No, I completely. I mean, because I'm thinking of all the different types of games um, that I play that kind of have a relationship aspect, which is a lot because I'm a sucker for it. You know, like yeah. I'll, I'll admit that. Um, like the Sims, I mean, get, like farming Sims, like you know, Stardew and and Harvest Moon and stuff, I mean, and then even Bio, well, I was yeah. to say even Bioware games like the Dragon Age series, Mass Effect, stuff like that. Um, nothing really incorporates. Or really makes characters feel as, I guess, real to me as the Persona games do. Mm. Um, you know, and like, I don't want to, because I, I love the Mass Effect games. And I think that, um, like, the, the different loyalty missions and Mass Effect 2 and stuff like that and kind of building up your, you know, your team and, and getting to know them personally is, like, really nice. But you don't have that sort of, like, bond that you do, um, that, that you have in Persona. Um, so I think that that's something they've done really well. And the implications that... Um, occur in actual combat and in the game because of building relationships is really cool too and it doesn't it doesn't feel cheap you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the way you can feel like the relationships and how they impact the combat like i loved it whenever like somebody would have be asleep or whatever and you know one of my characters would come out and like smack them and wake them up because i had reached that relationship level with that Mm -hmm. person it's like oh yeah like we're friends we're good friends like they can go do that and like that's such a cool feeling uh it's 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 gamey but like it's like, oh, it's a nice little reminder that like I've achieved this rank with this person that they can come do that for me. So the like for me, I think the the thing that like really makes Persona is like I think the relationships obviously is kind of like the the tangible reward you get for putting time into it, but like and it's it's something I've said about Persona three, four and five. Like that format of video game is the perfect format of video game for me. Uh, and mm. the biggest part about that is that it, it takes there is a real 
actual gratifying sense of time uh, in those games because all of them take place over the course of a year. Um, and it's just like this stretching out of relationships, of mechanics, of systems, of battles, of dungeons. Like the fact that, you know, the world is different from when you start to when you end. Uh, and like people have changed, people have come, people have gone. Uh, and time has passed and it feels like time has passed. Uh, is so is something so unique to Persona, uh, and it's something so cool. No, I, I, I the whole time is passing is something I didn't really thought about until like I was listening to you talk um, just now. And yeah, I mean, like it does feel different. I mean, you see you see games where the the characters have changed from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. I mean, that's pretty common character development but you don't see the world necessarily change or like tertiary characters change but like with persona 4 you have uh like the nurse you have the old lady like you learn these stories and like you see them change and develop if you Mm -hmm. spend the time with them and it's cool to see that um because like i think you're you're completely right no other game does that it's weird because like in this in this strange way i've always associated these two things even though they're very different (laughs) so bear with me here um but like when i first started playing persona 4 was the first one i ever played Mm -hmm. and when i first started playing persona 4 golden um and as as time progressed and when when i got to the very end and he ends up going home on the train um it felt kind of like reading a harry potter book Mm -hmm. in a weird way because it's like you you enter this kind of world with these teenage um you know, this teenage group of protagonists and, and you're in charge of something that's way bigger than you should ever or you're, you're, or you're forced to do something that's way bigger than you know what someone your age should do and you have all these relationships that grow like and so much happens powers, yeah, yeah. And, and, and not even necessarily the powers but just like it's it's the way that like when you when you get to the end and you look back you're like oh my gosh wow we really did all of that you know, and it's like that overwhelming kind of like bittersweet feeling. Yeah. And that's how I felt when I got to the end of Persona 4. And there are very few games that like make me feel that. No, I mean, that's one of the things that when... So I started playing Persona um, on my PS3. Persona 3 and 4 were on sale for like four bucks each. And so I snagged them. I tried playing through Persona 3 and I started it. And Alex, you you made, you made gave me crap for this when we did Fresh Off the Dome. But my PS3 died. Mm. Um, so I couldn't finish persona three um let alone get to persona four and then i had my vita and persona four golden was on sale on amazon for like 12 bucks and i was like i need to play this game and that was right around when i was getting into kind of funny and greg was you know preaching persona uh really hard and i'd heard about it i started really getting into the world of video games a lot more um and so i was like i need to play this like this sounds up my alley and i liked what i liked what i played of persona three so i bought golden played through it and told jessica after i finished i was like this is one of my favorite games of all time and she's like oh that's that's cool and <laughs> that's cool well, i mean and i told her i'm like i i'm gonna i'm gonna play it again she's like you just beat it you put like 90 hours into it I'm like i miss the characters i miss these people mm-hmm. i want to go back to this world i want to get to know all the characters i want to max out my social links i want to see everything there is in this game and so I immediately started a second playthrough and put another 100 hours in and maxed out all my social links and then fucking erased my data on accident so I can never get the platinum unless I play it three more times. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not bitter at all. No, <laughs> not bitter yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, I, I truly, truly missed the characters when I finished. I, was, I got sad. Yeah. Um, 
because they're they're so well rounded. And I posted on you know the Twitter thing I was talking about earlier. Like it's the first time I cared about an entire cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Do I not care about some of the characters more than others? Yeah, I mean there's a few where I'm just like meh, but I still was invested in their stories and what happened to them. And that never yeah. really happened with me with a game like the Mass Effect games or the Dragon Age games. Like there's a few characters I'm like I don't give a shit about what happened to this person. And just to like show yeah. like how great these characters are too. It's like I remember I was actually I was looking back when I um through my Twitter timeline when I was doing that whole ga- like pick four games thing because yeah. I remember doing this one thing where I posted like if I got like for every one like I would answer like one video game related yeah. question and like one of the questions on there that I answered it was like who is your favorite video game couple and I saw that I put on there um Yusuke and um Chie. Yeah. Or Yosuke, not Yusuke. Yusuke is uh, five, but Yosuke and Chie, yeah. and like that is, and they're not even because I feel like when you think of like video game, you know, couples, you think of the protagonist and whoever they're with, mm-hmm. like you know, Nate Drake and Elena type thing. But I was like, I love these support characters so much um, that like they're one of my favorite couples in video games, just because I'm so emotionally invested in their story and yeah. like their kind of um, banter back and forth. So, I. I like that. I feel like it's it's not a comparison like anyone ever makes because it is really, it is different. But like you know, Persona is just like, hey, like what if we did an '80s movie but anime, like you know, a bunch of yeah. teenagers yeah. fighting against some kind of ghoulies, like ghoul- supernatural yeah, like, force. Like, you know, it's it's a very. I would even compare it to like something like it, like you know, a bunch of teens mm-hmm. getting together yeah. against some kind of insurmountable evil um, that no one believes them about it. But like because it executes on it so differently because it it is achieving such a different tone such a like a modern and smart tone uh like i i feel like it it kind of foregoes that 80s format but it is taking like this classic it's taking all these classic ideas and and really uh transforming them into something unique and special and uh like i can't emphasize how special it is like it is a game that reaches out and touches people in a way that like I've not seen a game emotionally impact as many people as Persona Four has in my yep. time mm-hmm. in video games. I no, I I completely agree. Is when you mentioned Persona Four to someone who has played it, they almost always have universal acclaim for it. Mm-hmm. I've I I don't think I've met a single person who sat down and played and be like, I don't like it. Unless JRPGs aren't for them. Like, well, then I can totally get it. I have. But have you? <laughs> oh, but, that's heartbreaking. Um, it is I mean, like, I, like, I know they're out there. Like, I'm not, like, obviously I'm not saying, like, everyone loves this game. 100% Metacritic. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. like, that's not realistic. But, like, if, for the most part, you see people who are really deeply touched by this game and what happens in it and the characters and the, mu- oh, the music. Um, yeah. So, it's it's... It's such a nice thing to talk about. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm warm and fuzzy right now because like I <laughs> love this game. Nice I think warm it's, and fuzzy inside. It's so good. Yeah. No, it's a great game. Um, there was a lot of people. Like whenever Persona Five um came out, everybody started playing through that. There were a lot of people who were like, oh, it's even better than four. And like when I played through Persona Five, I was like, the art's really good, the music's really good, but you gotta be kidding me if you if you like these characters because Persona Four is just like, oh, that game just has my heart with the characters. Like that's really like, ugh. I, I think I might have said this on the Persona 5 episode we did, but one thing I will give uh, Persona 5 over Persona 4, aside from the art and the soundtrack, I think the Persona 5 soundtrack is better, um, but I'm also a sucker for like acid noir jazz, um, is I think that Persona 5's endgame is stronger than Persona 4's. Uh, the end of the story in Persona 4 is very convoluted anime-esque, 
and I'm not a huge fan of that trope. Uh, you see it a lot in Final Fantasy games too, where it's just like this evil comes out that we've never talked about before, but here it is. He's the real bad guy, and it's like, mm, no thanks. To be fair, I there's, think fi- there's a lot of that in Persona as a lineage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you know. I, yeah, no, and I'm and I'm sure there is. I think they find they got away from it in five, though, and I appreciate that because it's something that always bothers me. I mean, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan, and they do that shit all the time, and it's always been one of those things where like, I don't want to. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think five. I think five ended a lot stronger than four did. The end of four is just was just kind of like. The, I I'll say really like there is a there's a big twist in both games, uh, and yeah. the twist in five, uh, as a longtime Persona fan, is very very impactful. <laughs> there's a few. Um, there's a few end game moments in five where I was just like, whoa, okay, that's cool, but. I'll, I'll say this, like, I, I love, because I know a lot of people came to Persona for the first time with 5, and I know mm-hmm. that if they went and played 4 or 3, I doubt they would like it as much. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying it, always the first one you play is, is going to be your favorite, because I played 3, then 4. Uh, but I, I'm i really excited for the themes of 5 to speak to people the same way the themes of 4 spoke to me. Um, Absolutely. In the, the themes of 3, like... I love that they they are so separate because a thing I was expecting, and I feel like a lot of people weren't, um, was I knew that five was going to be very very different, uh, and it is mm. it's incredibly different than four or three, um, and I feel like a lot of people were kind of hoping for more like callbacks to to four and things like that, where there are like two maybe very small Easter eggs to four in Persona yeah. Five. Uh, I can only I, think of one. Uh, I th- there there is. Like a mention of Nauto in Persona Five, and there's a poster oh, that's of Rise. right. Yeah, yeah. I knew about the poster. Of I forgot about the mention of Nauto. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> I love that because I think all those games, you know, one is a Persona Three is about kind of like uh, this grim reality of death and and how it's it's kind of always on the horizon and and learning to accept it, and four is about kind of like accepting yourself for who you are, and five is about rebellion. Um, mm. and, and kind of sticking up for what you believe in. Uh, and I love that, you know, those themes are also directly kind of translated to the coloring of those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also directly translated to the characters and how the mechanics work. Like, it is just a very, very smart game uh, yeah. and franchise. Yeah, the whole series. Yeah, I say the whole series is just... I would completely agree. Very, very smart. I need to go back and play through 3. Uh, 3 is I, very I, good. So, okay, so I've been trying to figure out this answer for forever. Alex, what is the best way to play 3 on Vita? Yeah, so, listen, I I think Persona 3 Portable is very cool. Uh, Okay. I don't think that is how you should play that game for the first time, which sucks because it's like, okay, well, now i got to either get a PS2 or a PS3 to play Persona 3 Fez, which I think is the proper, the best way to play that game. Um, Yeah. But it is worth it. Um, like, for example, like, there's just a lot of streamlining in Persona 3 Portable. There's no anime cutscenes. Um, there's uh, no walking uh, yeah. around. Um, you can't walk uh. around in, in the portable version. Uh, everything is just kind of turned into a menu. You can only walk around in the dungeons. Yeah. Um, and while it is really cool that there's a female playable protagonist in Persona 3 as an option, like, technically that campaign is not canon, uh, which is mm-hmm. frustrating for a number of reasons, but... Um, I'd rather someone like have their first experience with Persona 3 
is going to be the one that is like reflected in the larger uh, kind of iterations of Persona, like Persona 4 Arena and how the Persona 3 characters come back in that and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I think going through and playing the female campa- campaign of Persona 3 Portable is a great like returning to Persona 3 thing. If you've already played Persona 3, this is really cool because you get to have social links with all the male characters of your party, which you can't okay. in the regular version of Persona 3. Okay. Well, good to know. So, so yeah. I might have to fix the PlayStation 3. Persona 3 <laughs> is, like, super depressing, just as a fair warning. Like, it is w- one of the most depressing games I think I've ever played. Um, just well, it's a very kind of, like, is, grim game. <laughs> like, it's not necessarily grim. It is a situation where it gets you very, very invested uh, over a very long period of time, and then, you know, it just takes a knife out of nowhere and stabs it right in. Uh, yeah. And there's, like, a whole epilogue, which is it just twisting the knife, pretty much. So, See, I kind of... Ass- when I first played through... Th- I started playing through 3, I kind of assumed it was going to be really grim and dark when, you know, the characters are shooting themselves in the head regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like that was a pretty good telltale sign... Or telltale sign yeah. of... Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that happening. that's another like you know the theme of persona 3 is death like yeah that is kind of another one of those mechanical manifestations of that theming um, yeah, along yeah with like the the very blue art style of kind of like this kind of melancholy color um mm-hmm. whereas persona 4 you know is, is way more upbeat it has a very happy ending if a little metal- melancholy obviously like i'm sure we'll we might talk about the epilogue at some point but um mm-hmm. like there is there is a lot of hope that that game leaves you with it it leaves you with the the feeling that everyone can be a better person um Mm -hmm. and that kind of yellow poppy color scheme really really reiterates that i think no i I think that's a really great point um Mm -hmm. i completely agree i love the i love how each game's color scheme is so very different Mm -hmm. um because it does reflect the themes very very well um yeah, it's, I it's, thought it's a lot another about persona, as I'm sure you guys are slowly realizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 coming out in waves. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love it. It's awesome. It's, I like I said. I mean, I, I love the persona games. That I mean, I have I've only played four and five, but you know, yeah. from from what I've played, I really really love them. So it's it's cool to get to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so my big thing, I guess, with Persona Four is, um, I feel like it had more if we're going to tie this into relationships a little bit um i feel like it had more viable uh characters for best girl mm, yeah um, the best girl debate always yeah. uh i mean if you're going to talk about persona you've got to have the best girl <laughs> debate. this like, is the thing some... i wanted to talk about too so the best girl debate i think that itself. i think oh, we really? each three have a different best girl too I think so too so that'll yeah. be kind of interesting to hear us uh weigh on weigh in on why we think the one that we like is best girl so before we talk about who we think is best girl, Alex, you want to talk about the best girl debate? Why don't we do that first? Like, so what's it's you know, I think I think it goes without saying. It's the same thing you hear about any kind of romance stuff. Like, I think there is this weaponized mentality of favorite character in the Persona series, <laughs> um, which makes sense because I feel like those games get you way more invested than most other games. Like I, I've mm-hmm. already said, like I think it does relationships better than any other video game franchise. Um, save for games that are like literally all about it, like The Last of Us or, or you know, presumably God of War. Uh, when that mm. comes out, like that's a game entirely based on a relationship. Maybe that does it better, but y'all know what I mean. Um, yeah. But I think, like, man, I have never been more upset um, 
than when people take the this girl's better than yours debate and just kind of weaponize it into like internet hate i know it's you know it's all it's all fun and games here yeah um, yeah but like you know like i really love futaba right that was my favorite character from persona 5 uh yeah. and the number of times uh i got to hear like oh cool you chose the little sister character way to go you creepo uh it's like cool uh. like you know i really appreciate you weaponizing a character that i really connected with and liked uh, against me uh because you'd rather make an anime trope joke than like listen to what i have to say about this and i think there's yeah. just yeah. there's too much of that uh i would encourage anyone who loves persona to just not engage with that because i feel like you are defeating the spirit of the of those games they're all about like it's, it's a losing battle characters <laughs> that are unique to you that you like connect with on a personal level and developing relationships with those characters and spending time how you want to spend it. You don't necessarily have to have a max relationship with everybody. Um, mm -hmm. It gives you that freedom so that you can connect with the characters that you want to connect with. And I think that's like so cool. And it's so many games put that time pressure on you. And I think persona four does as well, but like there is a real sense of freedom in that. Like it really wants you to explore the things that you want to explore. You have, mm. you have time to do everything, but it, it's very explicit in saying like, hey, you're probably not going to be able to do everything. So just well, do what you want to do. Um, and this is kind it. of like a morbid way of thinking about this. <laughs> so I apologize for how morbid. But I remember hearing, um, I mean, I guess it's kind of morbid. It's it, like it's kind of nice at the same time. I don't know. But you hear, um, you know, if people didn't die, it really wouldn't be important what you do in life. Mm -hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, and like, obviously, this is a, a much uh, smaller scale. But um, I think that's part of kind of the what's what's nice about having that time restriction in the Persona games is because um, having that time restriction there, it places greater importance on what you do during your free time. Um, you really get to pick and choose like what experiences you want to kind of follow, like who you want to talk to, who you want to um, really get to know. How much time you it, spend in the dungeon. I mean, because if you yeah. had the time, if, if in Persona you had the time to literally max out every social link, like it didn't matter, yeah. you wouldn't feel kind of that pressure. You wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, like I really want to get to know this person though. I really, I, I need to make sure that I have time to, to, you know, go level up that relationship and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it having that limitation there, I think really helps the game as a whole. Um, and it really makes it to where it's a tailored experience. Um, everybody can go in and everybody can get, come out of that game, having a completely different experience with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It increases the re replayability too. Cause like I said, like mm -hmm. I finished my first playthrough 90 hours and immediately started another one because I wanted to figure everything out. And I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I used a guide to get to max all the social links, but because I didn't want to play through eight times to, you know, I wanted to use my time effectively. Um, but I, I, I found out everyone's story and mm -hmm. I played it's... it how I wanted to the first time. I didn't use a guide the first time because I think that's, I think that's takes the fun out of it personally. So I, I did my own thing the first time. And then once I was like, okay, I experienced what I wanted to experience. Now let me experience everything. And it was and fun. It's really cool because like, especially Persona 5, like I think 4 has it as well but like the there there feels like a tangible payoff for like investing your time in someone right mm -hmm. like not only are you getting that emotional arc uh, and that emotional payoff of like i really watched this person change and in a lot of cases i really felt like i helped this person like i changed them uh or, or i contributed to their life in a way that feels meaningful um mm -hmm. and it takes time right minimum of 10 days uh and usually a lot longer 
and it you know I li- I like that Persona Five also rewards you with like these skills and items that uh, are very tangible uh, when you we max out any of your confidants. Uh, four does a really great job of it uh, as well, especially with your party members. Like where you like I max out the social link. Their their persona changes because they go through mm-hmm. a personal change, um, and yep. you helped incite that. And the way that the characters explicitly say like you made my life better is like. Few games make me feel like that's true, um, but Persona always does. And Persona does it in a way that when they tell you that you've made my life better, you actually believe it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big thing, is it It seems... It makes you feel like you actually did something. It's not just like... like I'm using Mass Effect as an example, but not I'm not I'm not dogging on Mass Effect. But like the loyalty missions. It's like, oh, I was along for this ride while you avenged your dad or I don't know I'm I'm not even talking about any mission in particular. It's like and then at the end like they're like, Thanks, Shepard. That really meant a lot. And you're like, I was literally just standing here. And it's just like that doesn't feel like I did anything, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas this, I mean, because of the nature of Persona, you have to be invested. You have to be involved in what you say to people and how you comfort them or help them or defend them, stand up for them, whatever, impacts how they feel about you. Um, and it plays out over, like you said, Alex, such a long period of time where it feels valid. Yeah. So it's, again, it's just, it's something so unique, so special. Mm-hmm. Um, so but now, going now back to that fight. best girl, yeah. Yes. So now, now, now let's, let's now let's rumble. Yeah. But no, I wanted to reiterate what Alex said though. Um, I think it is really important. Like, obviously, this is just good humor, but don't be a dick to somebody <laughs> because they like different characters than you. And um, so I want yeah. I want to say something before uh, before we get into this too, because I mean, Alex, you brought the you you brought the Futaba thing, which I think was a big point of um, conversation around the time Persona Five launched and as people mm-hmm. started finishing it and. Um, I've I've even uh, in the Persona Five podcast I said I felt Futaba felt like a little sister, and I understood why people liked her and thought she was best girl. But it was strictly because I saw Jessica's little sister in that, and so like, yes, and, and like if anything, that kind of... validates what Alex said earlier. It's like it's you what you see in these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so to call somebody else out like and and say like some like whatever somebody said to you about like oh you like your little sister oh, it wasn't it's just creepy one person. like. Don't worry. Oh yeah, I'm sure. It's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's so messed up. Like, no, what you what you see in a character is is completely a reflection of, um, I think what's going on in your life and mm-hmm. just and, and how you view it. You know, I like like Andrew said, my I have a little sister who's a lot like Futaba. So for me, when I see Futaba, I think of my little sister, mm-hmm. and she and she reminds me of that. But to other people, they can see something completely different. They can see themselves in that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's just it's very narrow minded to kind of write off a character as something. And, and and tell other people what it means, you yeah. know. And it took me and it, after like playing through Persona and like meeting Fu- F- Persona Five and meeting Futaba and having that connection to Alex, Alex Jessica's little sister. It took me a little bit to step back and be like, that's not how everybody sees her. So man, like, man, when, it's when weird people... that also your little sister's name is Alex. That's just, <laughs> just crazy yeah, yeah. weird situation. Ex- exactly. Um, so it took me it took me a minute to step back and be like, that's not how everybody sees her. She's not supposed to. Be that for everyone and mm-hmm. so when people said oh futaba's best girl it took me a bit to step back and be like okay that's totally valid i get that mm-hmm. and so like it took me a little bit like fold it like be completely transparent like yeah. it took me a little bit but i agree with the weaponizing aspect of it i think it's weird um people <laughs> fandoms get way too into things all the time it it happens um yeah it's just like i think because you know we're, we're about to talk about our persona four characters i feel like 
I have both of the most and least popular as my favorite character uh, <laughs> of that game. Um, and the amount of weaponization against that character in particular has been like, like there, there's a reason I don't talk about it as much on the internet anymore because of that. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it, it feels like it's so against the spirit of exactly what persona is all about. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just a bummer. Um, yeah. but yeah, it, it is a lot of that. Like I see a lot of myself in Futaba and that's part of why I, I really connected with that character of like as someone who barely leaves his house. So like it's, it, you know, it, that is a big part of that relationship for me. And, uh, yeah, I love that so many people had so many different kind of relationships with characters. And I, I like also that, um, persona five in particular was, was kind of less afraid of approaching difficult relationships like Kawakami mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, I I understand people's kind of surface level hesitance of, of backing away from it, but I also think it is more interesting to engage with relationships that, while are questionable in their nature, also actually occur in the world and in real life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just it's a different perspective. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's allowing yourself to to look at something in a new way. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Mean, tie this back to persona 4 a little bit more i mean persona 4 your really only risque relationship is with the nurse yeah mm-hmm. um and i feel and that's, like that's not even of... like a fully implied relationship it's just like somewhat implied yeah exactly whereas in persona 5 they really took it to you know 11 <laughs> oh, yeah. it was like yep you're banging the re- the drunk reporter the hot goth <laughs> doctor and your teacher <laughs> like, it's like oh, oh okay we are, yeah we are we are just gonna go with this now yeah. so yeah they fully embraced the 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 weird the weirder relationships um in persona 5 mm-hmm. but all right we've been beating around the bush for too long let's just, let's just fucking get into it okay so alex um who is your best girl uh so risa kujikawa is both she is it's weird because i tell people this and they're like that sounds dumb she's both my favorite persona character she's also my favorite video game character of all time uh really that's interesting like i I don't think it's dumb i just think that's interesting i would love to hear why it's it's so and like there's a lot of layers to it right like risa is the character that i relate to on such like a just a level that is beyond like the two characters that i relate to the most in video games are ellie from the last of us and risa uh and like I said earlier, you know, Risa is the character that both gets the most flack and also I feel like is one of the most popular answers of people like, oh, who did, who are you in a relationship with? Um, I like Risa because uh, have either of you watched the, the Persona 4 animation at all? No, yeah, I'm uh, starting it and we never, we never finish it. I've watched a few episodes of it. <clears throat> I, like I, you know, it's, it's not nearly as good as the game. Like it's mm. the, the thing about persona, the animes, I'll, I'll say this, the persona three movies, there are four of them. I believe they are incredible. They're absolutely phenomenal. I think like as far as adaptations from, I've not watched the persona five anime at all yet, but as far as like game to movie anime adaptations, the persona three movies get it the most, right? Um, and there is a Persona 4 Golden anime that I have not watched, but mm-hmm. um, the original Persona 4 animation that, that I have watched, um, the thing I like about them the most is how they touch on things that were more implied or less explored about each of the characters' shadows and their kind of hidden emotions, specifically mm-hmm. how they treat Risei. 
um, is very, it's like almost completely different than how it's presented in the game. Um, but it's like, she's the same, but it just like explores it in a more visual format. Um, yeah. essentially like Rise sees herself as multiple people, right? Like here's Rise who works at her grandmother's shop and here's Rise uh, who's Rosette and here's Rise who is like trying to stay quiet while she's on, on the road and just trying to live her life. And, and here's Rise who's a school person and like she she sees herself as having multiple faces uh and she has to put on each of those faces for for all these aspects of her life and she doesn't know where the real her begins and all these different uh facades end pretty much uh and the way that is visually represented in that in the anime is very very good i feel like if you could watch any one episode of the show just watch the the risei one um, because I feel like it touches on a level of her character that is implied in the game, but never quite explored as well it was as as visually as it was there. Um, it's just like that concept in general, like kind of like I have this face for this part of my life, and I have this face for this other part of my life. That's something I really really connect with. Um, and past that, like I don't know, Rise is just like going out of her way to be bubbly and fun and to make everybody else more comfortable um, to, to, to help bring down those kind of social walls uh, and, mm. and kind of bring everyone together. Uh, and then as soon as you're alone with her, you see how kind of like exhausting that is for her always and how much quieter she is. Uh, and mm. that's just, that is also something I relate to a lot. And it's just like this, it's a very comforting presence uh, and the relationship she has with your character uh, and how affectionate she is and everything. It, it's just, it's how I am in a lot of ways, and it, it really, really hit me on, like, layers and layers and waves and waves throughout that game. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's, it's you know, I I like Risei a lot. Um, I never really thought about her, I think, as critically as, as you have, um, and hearing you talk about that makes me have, like, a ton a ton more, not respect, because I already respected her a lot. I, I, like I said, I really like her, but just makes me value her even more, um, because in, in life, like, I know people like that, you know what I mean? Um, like, my, my other sister, who I, who I live with, Erica, she's kind of, she's one of those type people. She's, you know, the type of person who will give until they have nothing and it's exhausting you know and you and I, I have friends who are like that as well um and so like it it takes like a really special kind of person to to have that sort of mentality in life and to just be someone who who's constantly cheerful constantly full of love um and to meet people like that is so refreshing um and and so I completely understand how you'd kind of fall in love with a character like that mm-hmm. yeah and like I, man, I really dislike the, like, you know, there are a lot of people out there like, man, Rise, gosh, she's so slutty and just all over you all the time. Uh, and it's just like, I, I, I understand how like surface level that is how it comes across. I don't understand that people are so comfortable kind of throwing that around, but, uh, like to me, like I interpreted all those scenes very differently of like she her compensating for what she self perceives as like she sees herself as very inadequate uh and mm-hmm. you kind of get into that as you get to know her better like she is incredibly low self esteem uh and that's why she she kind of got into the business that she she did in the first place uh and she's kind of compensating for that anytime she's bubbly and overly affectionate uh she is constantly trying to get people to like her. Uh, and it's just like something that 
really speaks to me and when I kind of see these people that just never really look past the surface of her it's just nothing is more frustrating for me oh yeah no it's just so drive me crazy and it's it's really very insightful the way that they wrote her because that is such a you know a common thing in people and especially I feel like women too especially um if you are like somebody who's more conventionally attractive um it's that idea that this is what the world wants for me so this is what I'm going to give them or like you know or I I need to be loved I need to be um you know this is what I have to offer so I'm going to offer it um and it's obviously I mean it's not it's pretty toxic thinking um it can you know hurt yourself a lot but it's very easy to kind of think that way um when you're around people who make you feel less yeah exactly um alex you and i have the same best girl oh do you you yours resay too yeah i didn't know that i thought that you um the first time you played you picked chie i picked chie because she is the first party member you get and well no, and that's not gonna make it sound bad like oh, i was like this is default, just like what was the, what so, were we talking about we were talking about harvest moon a couple weeks yeah ago, the first thing and you're like yeah she was the first one i saw yeah oh no she was the easiest to find oh yeah, yeah she was the I easiest she to was. find so uh, but no, angie I'm, once again with the the convenience factor yeah like i have like fucking like tunnel vision um <laughs> no she is the first the first female party member you get in persona 4 and I by the time I had gotten everyone else, I had hung out with her the most, and so it just kind of I was like I was already invested in her character by the time everybody else rolled around, so I just kept going with it. Um, and I was like, okay, she is cool. Like she likes meat and kung fu movies. Like that's cool. She's, you know, she's she's a good friend. And so yeah, I romance Chie. And then my second playthrough, once I knew what my options were, um, and also because my second playthrough, I maxed all my social links. Rise was my best girl because. Risei story and Alex I feel like I'm not going to say anything that you didn't already say probably better than I could have said it um, but Risei's story stuck with me more than anybody else's um, like I don't remember GA's character development it's been like four years since I've played this game and I have a really shitty memory anyway but I don't really remember GA's arc all that well I don't I kind of remember Yukiko's um, Yukiko never really appealed to me though because I, I don't like quiet like the quiet girl um so I mean Rise was the, the was the standout as far as being a well-developed character. So um yeah, she's my she's my best girl. Yeah. No, I, best I love Rise. Shout out to best girl. <laughs> so I do have a different best girl than you guys and that's Yukiko. Yukiko Amagi is is my best girl. I love her to death. Uh I still love Rise too. Like I I don't get the hate on Rise cuz she is adorable and is such a sweetheart. I love her to death. Um but Yukiko to me is um just I don't know, and maybe this goes with the whole like seeing yourself in certain characters um thing and that usually is how you tend to I, I think fall um you know, as far as what character you choose to be your best girl. But with me, Yukiko is just kind of odd, you know, and like, and I really like that. She's very quiet. Um, she has kind of a lot of her personality put on her, even though that's not really her personality. It's like, she's kind of thought to be like this very beautiful, she's going to run the inn that her parents keep right now. Um, and, and that's kind of her, you know, life. She's just kind of the town's beauty, you know, very kind of almost like beauty and the beast ish, like very bell, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
but she is she just has such a strange sense of humor um you know her laughing fits that she'll go into uh she kind of has like a morbid sense of humor at times like with her ghost stories and stuff that she loves um she's very brave and kind of a understated way um and she's I don't know. She her whole arc is really interesting, too, as far as like, you know, you you get to know her. And at first she's just like, OK, this is just like another guy who wants to get to know me. But, you know, not really type thing. And, and you kind of you break the walls down um, and she's just a sweetheart. She you know, she thinks that she's stuck in the position that she's in in this town and, and working for her parents. And she kind of wants to get away from it all. Um, and then she realizes that, you know, a lot of her does love it. And she just kind of thought like. Because she was forced here, she doesn't like it, but she realizes, like, I'm not forced here. I, I make the choice, and, like, if I want to do this, that's okay, you know? And, and she, she has a lot of growth there. I don't know. She's uh, she's cool. I like her a lot. I think she's... So, as you're talking about this, <laughs> um, Alex, I think you'll enjoy this. She sounds like a fucking Metal Gear Solid character. Yeah. She's like, your destiny, your destiny doesn't dictate who you are. Like... <laughs> <or> like <laughs> Predeterminalism is a lie. <laughs> yeah, Middle you can go knows that love can bloom on the battlefield. On the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh, somebody draw Yukiko as Meryl. <laughs> the headband and all. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, no, yeah, like Yukiko is really cool too because I feel like uh, she gets the most damseled of of yeah. like, all of the characters that that mm. kind of come come to get kidnapped by uh one of the characters but like i think she also like is in the most opposite place of that by the end of that game like she's the most self-sufficient mm-hmm. mm. no yeah I, I completely agree and that's part of the reason why she was a very stand- it, it, like the whole time she's kind of focusing on she wants to be i mean i guess not because chie is like i want to be stronger physically like you do like the kung fu training with her but i, I think yukiko wants to kind of she seeks to grow as a person a lot and to kind of feel stronger and to feel more like I can make my own choices and, and I can be, um, you know, independent. I don't have to be the the maid that my parents kind of, you know, made me feel like I have to be or um, the beauty that the guys at school think that I am. Like, I, I can kind of choose what I am rather than have people put different personas, hey, <laughs> on me. <laughs> yeah. No, I... Yeah. Oh, man, I love this game. <laughs> Right? It's so good. Uh, I really want to... I may... Because God of War is not coming until tomorrow. I may... Because we're recording this on Thursday night. Um, a little behind the scenes. Are you really just going to like play 12 hours of Persona? No, no. Okay. I think I'm going to watch the anime. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, because I really want to see that uh, the Risei episode now that Alex has talked about. It. I, ha- I, have a, I have a link for you for when we're... Oh, yeah. So don't worry. I okay. got you covered. No, thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I got I got to scratch that itch because I don't want to. I don't want to find my Vita charger. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so do we want to jump into the questions? Are we ready? It's been almost an hour. Well, I think is there anything that we want to talk about as far as like gameplay or anything um, in the game, or do we feel kind of good? As Persona far as has perfect gameplay. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing, Persona Four. Now that Five is out has not aged well as far as graphics but i mean that's to be expected so whatever obviously it almost yeah. goes without saying but god it's also damn, like originally a P- ps2 game 
I know, but like Persona 5 is just so like aesthetically pleasing and like stylish. It's just like I go back to the, like look at the menus of Persona 4 and just like they get those multicolored circles. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, no, I like, I mean, it would be really cool for them to do like a remaster of Persona 4 yeah. Golden, you know, and, and kind of give it that flair that 5 has. But yeah. it's just, it's older. I mean, you can't expect no, I, it to I be. know. Like I said, it almost goes without saying, but like they, it was such a big leap that going back now, it's just like. Well, and I, I think that kind of goes with what Alex was saying as far as, like, once you've played, like, for the people who have only played five, I think yeah. it is really hard to kind of go back. Yeah. It's like, and this is kind of a stupid comparison, but it's what my mind goes to, is, um, like, Sims games. Um, if The Sims 4 is the first game that you play, you're probably not going to want to go back to three or two where you have less options Unless you want to pay like for less for DLC because all the features are in the <laughs> well, fucking game. But what I'm saying, so, like, the, the way that you, like, design care, like, everything, that all the options and how pretty it is, like, four yeah. is obviously the best because it's it's you know the most refined but like three and two are probably arguably better games but it's so hard to go back to that because it's lacking so much um anyway it's kind of like i said sims is like completely different level than persona persona 4 is fantastic game sims is a time sink real quick (laughs) oh no go go ahead alex i just i just talked go uh i'll just say like because you know i i've i've been lucky enough i never played persona one or two uh or the second two there's like two persona twos yeah Um, Yeah. it's in yeah uh, but you know, I, th- very similar in in their premise and whatnot. But I'll say like the jump of mechanics and evolution from Persona Three to Persona Four is like mind boggling. Uh, since yeah. you guys have played both four and five, it is equal to that jump, um, which is wow, yeah, significant. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Which was like honestly, that was the the thing I was excited about the most with Persona Five was like how are they going to build on the mechanics of four, which are already so good. Uh, and five basically makes everything better in every imaginable way. Um, yeah, for, it polished the edges. Yeah, and polished it to to like just a, a fine point. Also, just worth noting, Persona Five still a 1.0 game. Like, there's been no patch to that game. Mm. Ever. Oh, um, damn! That's a that's a good. Just point. a fun fact about games coming out that aren't finished. Just you know, think about Persona Five, which did come out, still finished, still great. Um, yeah. And. Um, Persona 4, like, refined a whole lot from 3, uh, you know, for folks that don't know, it is it is very much, like, you go dungeon crawling in this other world, uh, and you also spend time kind of studying or leveling up your interpersonal skills or spending time with people and friends uh, in the real world, and you have to manage those times. You can only do one or the other for the most part. Um and you have to spend time with people in order to build your relationship with them, things like that. But everything feeds into itself and just like the the way that, oh, my social link is better here with this person who like the way that corresponds to the dungeon crawling is like uh, if I wanted to create personas of the corresponding arcana in a tarot deck uh, to that person, I get a bigger bonus um, or I get different mm-hmm. kinds of bonus or if I've maxed out this relationship I can now get the ultimate persona of that arcana. Uh, it's just like really, really intricate and smart uh, touches to, to kind of link those two mechanics together. Or like, you know, I'm better friends with Kanji, uh, a character we haven't talked at all about yet, who is one yeah. of the best characters in that game, I think. Yeah, um, very interesting character. And like, I, I leveled up with him and now he can like uh, revive me or, or save me from getting one-shotted uh, in combat, things like that. Like, the way the mm-hmm. two feed into each other is just really, really great. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, you mentioned how it's intricate and, and how there's kind of a lot of systems. It never feels overwhelming, though, because I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that um, in some games can be a deterrent to, you know, even me if I'm not in, a, in the mood to. Uh, it, it's like when you pick up a board game, you know, and like there's some board games where you can pick it up and play within five minutes and others where it's like, OK, I have to read this hour long manual to figure out what's going on so I can <laughs> others play. where it's more of like a board <laughs> game. You know what I mean? Eh? Hey. hey. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to talk about puns in a second, Alex. I can't wait. Uh, Heck yeah. But, um, yeah, we haven't talked about like the male characters at all, because you're probably talking about Teddy, huh? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but um, My, one, so my OTP, yeah, Teddy. I was trying to finish. But oh. what I was going to say is that even though Persona um, has kind of all of these systems that work together, like fusing Personas and, and like you said, like the different Arcanas and like how if you have like certain people, you can, like there, there's a lot going on, but none of it ever seems overwhelming or like, so much that you can't understand and if you don't want to do um this you know certain things you can still beat through the beat the game and and have a good experience without being like i'm gonna collect every single persona there is or i'm I'm gonna do like you don't have to pay attention to that stuff on paper like all the mechanics in this game sound like a goddamn train wreck but (laughs) it's so seamless yeah they, they work so well together yeah um before i forget though so on when i when I said earlier that I love every single character in the game, oh, and no. I think they're all great and wonderful, fuck Teddy, I hate his <laughs> stupid dumb ass, I hate puns, and all he does is talk in puns, and they're all about bears, which I normally love, I, bears are my favorite animal, but I've never hated a bear as much as I hate Teddy. You know, I love Teddy. It's, it's very upsetting for me to hear this. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. So, Andrew, Andrew comes, or not comes on. You're always on the show, but you always yeah. get mad because whenever we have guests on, you're like, how come the guests always like you more? And, and we, and like the guests and I always gang up on Andrew. This is fucking why. Teddy is great. <laughs> like, no, he's not. <laughs> I love Teddy so much. I like- I'm actually thinking let's replace Andrew with Teddy. <laughs> uh, what, what I love to, so like, you know, there is kind of, there isn't a, a Teddy equivalent character in Persona 3, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I guess, like, you know, maybe like it's both, Morgana, but not really. Persona 5. Oh, per- uh, oh, yeah. Oh, never yeah, mind. Never mind. 5. Totally So, blanked. like, Persona 3, yeah. you get a dog uh, as yeah. a party member, <laughs> which is great, <laughs> and it's ridiculous, but they're not, like, from the other world or whatever. It's it's not, yeah. like, one of those situations. Um, but uh, I like... Because Teddy was the first time they did that kind of surrogate for the other world character uh and i really like how he changes in that game like when you kind of figure out what teddy is and why he's why he kind of came to be it's just like it's really heartwarming to kind of see that or or just to get the payoff that like kind of teddy is is there because he wants to be like he is there of his own volition and um all the layers and 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 kind of reveals that come along with that are, are just very good yeah no i i completely agree with that um i think that i don't know i mean i know obviously andrew is a, is a teddy hater but i think that he's kind of a, a good com- comedic relief without being somebody who's like overly slapstick all the time which mm-hmm. <laughs> like i said i know andrew you think he is constantly but um like like i said there is the whole like who am i aspect um that ties into how kind of like all the characters are navigating through that question. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I like I like I like Teddy's arc, but I think him as a actual character is fucking annoying. <laughs> 
I think I like, like one of the things relationship with... with your character of a, a mm-hmm. great deal. I think that grounds him in all of his interactions and and I like really, his he really grows up a lot throughout that game. He, he does. I like his relationship with Yosuke um, because he like he goes and lives with him. <laughs> and I like to imagine Yosuke's parents, who you never meet, are just like, "Why is this little blonde boy living with us now?" <laughs> Who, who's this kid who sleeps in a bear costume <laughs> in your closet? And like now he's the now he's the uh, like mascot for Junes. Like what? <laughs> who is this little boy? I like, but my thing is, I picture like Yosuke's parents adore Teddy. Like they love oh, yeah. him probably yeah. a little like bit probably more love more. <laughs> yeah, probably but they're still really just upset like about it. Like they feel bad for liking him because they know like they think that some somebody's missing their child. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fuck Teddy. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm glad that we're talking about some of the other characters, though, because we talked yeah. about the girls a little bit. Um, but there are so many great characters in that game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Yosuke is, honest to God, one of my favorite characters. I absolutely love him as, like, your best friend. He's I think such a he's, dweeb, and I love he him. He is such a dweeb, but, like, I don't know. I think he's pretty great. Yeah. Um, he, he warms my heart. He's kind of like, like I'm, I'm drawing too many Harry Potter uh, like ties here, he's but he's kind of like Weasley. the Ron Weasley. Oh, he's 100% <laughs> and Ron Chie to, to me is like the aggressive Hermione Granger. Like, and I think that's why I like them together. Who, who is Chie? Chie. I can see that, yeah. I mean, more of like a tomboy. But yeah, yeah. She, she kind of, you know, that that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, Kanji is, and we kind of talked about him a little bit. He's a really interesting character. And I think. Like, I think he could get his own, his old, his own episode almost of the show. Yeah. Um, just because Kanji's, of how they, how they is so good. How they so deal with good. Kanji. Like it's partly, you know, it's, it's Troy Baker really, really crushes it. Um, but also <sighs> like, I think they, so I'll, I'll say this, uh, because like I, as someone who loves this game, I, like I, I have to admit it is not, you know, without its, its criticisms. Like there is a great article on gamespot.com, uh, about how persona four fails its queer characters, uh, mm-hmm. specifically about Naoto and Kanji and kind of like mm-hmm. how it, it addresses, you know, these, these kinds of feelings that they are going through, but then kind of very much hard backpedals at the end of, of both their arcs. Um, yeah. no, that's one of the so, things that think, kills me about it. Yeah. Um, I, I like you know I think in context, like if you play through their character arcs, like you, I don't think it's offensive or bad. I like I think it is presented very well. But like if you were looking a little bit at the surface level, or like looking at the different paths that Kanji and Naoto could have taken as characters, um, like you can definitely see how there would have been a much more interesting arc with those characters if they had been more comfortable addressing uh kanji as either entirely gay as opposed to maybe bisexual um and kind of left ambiguous and naoto as like uh female and male transgender like you know they they just don't go that far and they could have um but mm-hmm. you know also we're talking about high school kids so like who really knows well, the, really the most one of the most surprising things for Persona five with me is they they didn't even try to address that kind of stuff yeah like they they just they were just like we're it was, was kind of like it. a full stop it's yeah. like it's weird because like it almost seemed like they might go there with yusuke mm-hmm. and then they didn't <laughs> yeah but um no i mean that's that's one of the things that like i look you know we should always be critical of the things we love you know i think especially as, as people who talk about like entertainment and stuff and, and that's one thing that you um i think we have to look at with persona for it but i think that a lot of it also is just kind of the times and that it, yeah. that it was made um i mean this game came out 
10 years ago almost um coming right up on 10 years yeah. and i think it came out in 2007 in japan so oh okay. yeah so i mean there we go like 11 years then um and it it has just certain things in it that are very in line with you know where we were as not even just american society because I mean, it's a japanese game but just it you know society multiple societies um where the thinking was there and then on top of that we have to keep in mind that this game did come out in japan and um once again like there's kind of a different sort of way of addressing those things there um so mm-hmm. it's i don't really think it's any fault of um atlas or anything like that but it does suck, you know, looking back at it. Um, and I would have hoped that in Persona 5, they maybe would have done more to kind of talk about that and push it. Because this this game is, um, it's about teenagers. And it's about, you know, like I said, the newest one being Rebellion. It's the four changing. being finding yourself. Yeah. It's it's going through like those metamorphoses, you know, yeah. and, and becoming that, you know, the person who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to kind of talk about all that change and, and adolescence and everything and, and love and not have that in there is a bit disheartening. Yeah. And and in all fairness, <laughs> like I don't think Western audiences would have been very receptive to how Japan would have addressed those kinds of things. Cause like, nope. it's, yeah. just, it's just very different there. Like it, yeah. it, it's, it is in both, it's both like more progressive and also like more regressive and in, in how comfortable they are with things. And I think just Western audiences would not have jived with how Japan goes about doing that. Take like, the very few gay characters that are in Persona 5 are kind of like used like a punchline. Um, and it is like, if you were just looking at this through the lens of like Western culture, you're like, wow, this is horrible and offensive. Whereas like, that is a way more lighthearted thing in, in Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just that we, we are two completely different cultures. Um, but I yeah. think, the way that they address it in Persona 4 with Kanji and with Naoto are, are at least, like I said, in context, very well done. Um, and I, I think if you if you kind of s- hear hear them out through all of those conversations, like I think they do a pretty good job of what they're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, two other characters that I really love. But I feel awful because I can't remember his name right now, but Nanako and oh, Jojima. Uh, no, no, it's Dojima. Not Kojima. Not Kojima. That'd be a much different living experience. Yo, Kojima is your dad? Like, what's what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Just ask him every day when's Death Stranding come out. And like, hey, we're going to watch 2001 Space Odyssey every morning with breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah, very different upbringing. Oh, I absolutely love her. What's funny is Andrew um, was really loved her um, when he first played Persona Four because he played before I did, I and cried. he played he played it again, and then he begged me for like five months to play it. He's like, Jessica, why have you not played this game? This game is up your alley. She's, like, okay, after she played it, she came to me and she's like, I, the reason why I didn't believe you is because that it was this good is because I feel like if it was really that good, I would have heard of it before you and played it. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Six <Sick> burn. <laughs> <laughs> My own ignorance to the like internet so, is in why. In retrospect, I don't that's you. so mean. <laughs> like, you said that to me. I'm not gonna. I'm sorry. I would have thought this game was bigger than you and your bullshit. <laughs> so. Well, okay. When Mass Effect, okay, now we're gonna get really into no. this. When Mass Effect Three came out, I was pumped, and she, I was playing through the multi, I was playing on the multiplayer to level up my stuff, and she was watching me, and she was, this game looks stupid. I was like, no, it's like really great, actually. You would probably really like it if you tried. She's like, it looks like a stupid boy game. I'm like, what does that mean? 
And she's like, it looks like like Halo and like just like a dumb like shoot the aliens game. I'm like, yeah, all right, you're watching me play the multiplayer. Andrew, you're destroying my credibility. I know because everyone <laughs> loves you and the world needs to know. Jessica, tell so, me, tell me about these shitty boy games. I, I really yeah. want to know about them. Yeah, like she, like really, she was just comparing it to Halo. Like that's all she was. I'm not familiar to. with shitty boy games, <laughs> right? So. No, like, like that's as like, a that's as her. a shitty boy, I should know more about them. <laughs> it's like a regular joke with us that like, oh, I'm gonna go play a shitty boy game uh, when it's a game she's not interested in. Here's God um, of War, my shitty dumb boy game. Well, no, that that literally like like that came up. Like she was like, hey, like last week when the embargoes lifted at midnight, I woke up to go to work and she's like, hey, the embargoes for God of War up. And I'm like. Oh, cool! Like, how is it doing? She's like, it's getting tens everywhere. I'm like, and I literally woke up and said, "Put that shit in my veins," and <laughs> rolled back over. And she said, "Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm probably gonna play." I'm like, "Wait, what? You're gonna play a stupid boy game?" And she's like, "Shut I, up! I can't live it down. I can't. This dumb boy <laughs> game for dumb dumb boy boys. <laughs> yeah, this big dumb silly boys." You're gonna go kill the people and look at the boobies. Um, Sorry, guys. I got, got girl brains. Yeah. Candle is broken. Okay, my mic keeps spinning. That's what's happening, okay? I hate your dumb opinions. I, oh, my God. <laughs> Get out of here, you teddy hater. Um, but no. Can we anyway. talk about how awful Andrew is? Is this just gonna be the show where, like. <laughs> Hold on. Al- I'm, I'm Alex is gonna be responsible for breaking stories. us up. Stop it. So she. she I'm like, I was like, no, you're real guilty already. <laughs> So no, I gotta finish this Mass Effect story real quick. So she, I, so she's like this stupid boy game. I was like, okay, whatever. And she, eventually, she was like, I don't have anything to play. What should I play? I was like, play Mass Effect. You'd really like it. And so she plays the beginning of Mass Effect One, which, in all fairness, is not a good part of the game. And she's like, no, this is a stupid boy game. I was right. I was like, all right, fine. Like you're missing out. And then three months later, she got sick or something. And she's like, what should I play? I was like, try Mass Effect again. And then she beat the entire series in a week and a half. To be fair. This on is an a air mattress in our living room. This is a testament to my willingness to try new things. Over and over again. No. No. This is you being ju- a judgy Jane and being me. But I'm a judgy Jane who tries new things. Because you didn't have anything else to play because you had beaten Viva Pinata. What? <laughs> That's what you played on the Xbox a lot when we had an Xbox. Uh... I mean, yeah, Viva Pinata is great, oh, but Fable was That's more true. what I played, yeah, you had played so you played suck it, Codswell. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's been like an hour and 15 minutes. We really need to get into Okay, like, anyway, Nanako and Dojima. <laughs> anyway, Nanako and Do- Dojima are yeah. great. I love the them. The Dragon of Slash. Dojima, yes. <laughs> the Dragon of Dojima. Um, yeah, I don't know. Now I'm all flustered because I was just Marie just threw me into the, the Marie street. is an interesting character. Uh, Marie is a very interesting character. For those of you who don't, I know, played that whole game without she... Marie in, her, in it. Yeah, I was just gonna say she was not in the original Persona release. She only came in Golden, mm-hmm. so. uh, and she's very cool. Like I think uh, her story doesn't feel forced in, which was really cool. Um, yeah, the, they went a very long way to to integrate her into everything. Um, mm-hmm. I like that she gets to meet and spend time with all of the characters. Um, I like that that is also a lesson they took and, and really applied to Persona 5. There's like a lot of more cross social link fraternization. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Marie's a really fun character. Uh, you know, she's a demigod just hanging out. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> are we allowed to spoil things? We yeah. are. Um, it's kind of like an implied thing at the beginning, but maybe we should, we need to like actually like be like spoilers hey, fuckers, are going to happen. Spoilers. We probably should. Let's go. In fact, before I say this next thing, um, I'm going to say right now: if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't played this game, 
don't listen to what I'm about to say. Like, really and go don't. fucking play the game. Yeah, go play the game. Like, you, you've already had a few things kind of, like, ruined for you if you've listened this far and you haven't played the game. Maybe you're just kind of seeing if you'd like it or whatever. But don't listen to this next part if you haven't played the game because it's going to fucking actually really ruin it for you. Okay. I'm Everybody ready. Everybody ready? Adachi. Yeah. Akechi? Oh, Akechi. No, Akechi. No, you should. No, You're Akechi, right. No, Akechi's, Akechi's in, five. in five. Why are their names so similar? <laughs> Yusuke and Yosuke? You just spoiled oh. two games. God damn it, Andrew. <laughs> no, no, no. I just said Akechi. Like, that's anyway, I said. so Adachi in Persona Adachi. 4. Um, Adachi. Such a cool like villain i think yeah like you don't see it until like you do and you're like oh man like i actually i mean because i i chose right at the end and like that's another thing that's super cool about that game is like how i mean you have the potential of fucking it all up oh i did <laughs> did you did yeah i fucked it up oh i didn't know that no i got it right like because he was he was being real fishy there at the I end i thought it was dojima you thought it was dojima yeah Ooh. i was like this is gonna get fucking weird with nanako i'm gonna have a kid now <laughs> i'm gonna have a kid now <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have a kid now. now. God, you're my damn baby it. now. <laughs> you belong to me, boy. Learn to hunt. Man, this guy's super god of war. <laughs> you go. She's shunned from the rest of the society. You take her to a cliff. Aloy. <laughs> uh, okay, but no, but uh, having Adachi be the villain really cool. What's funny is like when I first started playing Persona, I think I even told Andrew this, but I was like, Adachi's my favorite. He was my favorite character at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, she told me that. Um, I was just, I had to bite my re- lips so hard. Andrew just he walked out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> he reminded me a lot of um, one of my one of the characters I really like in Psychopaths. There's a very like like I don't know. I kind of tend to always like or there's, it's Psychopaths, and then also in Death Note, he's a lot. He's very similar to one of the characters in Death Note too. And it's always kind of like the person who constantly fucks shit up, but you kind of love him anyway because he's adorable, you know. Um, but then, like, and it's cool that they chose that character to kind of turn evil. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, like, to be revealed as, like, like that was the cover. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Super, super cool villain. Um, I, yeah, I really like Adachi. You know, like, he he is very surface level. Like, I, I feel like he's a very plain villain uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, mm, I can agree with that. Uh, but, like, because Persona presents everything that it does like narratively so well uh i think it make it elevates him it makes him far more interesting that and the fact mm-hmm. that in golden you get to have a relationship with him uh and if you get that relationship to a certain point before you kind of move into the end game you get this really antagonistic uh bond uh and it it, it is a, a bond mm-hmm. of a different kind uh, and the way the game kind of addresses that uh, when the bond literally transforms from the gesture to the hunger um, mm-hmm. is is really cool. Like, I, they've not done something like that outside of Persona 4 Golden. And it, it's another one of those aspects that makes that game unique. And what was cool for me was the first time I played that game in the Persona 4 like when I played it on PS2, like I only ever got to Adachi's dungeon, and then like I burnt out because I've played three through that part of four, which is about mm. sixty-eight hours into four, um, yeah. <laughs> and then I wouldn't go back and finish it until you know Golden, four years yeah. later. Um, but I didn't actually figure out it was Adachi until it like is like you're sitting outside the the ramen shop with Naoto, and you're like, we got to figure this out. And it gives you the list of all the characters, and I'm kind of like narrowing it down. I'm like, fuck, like Adachi fits in all of the places. Like mm-hmm. this makes too much sense. 
uh, and it like it all clicked for me in that moment where it's supposed to, and it was like a very, it was a it was where the storytelling and the gameplay finally met for me in like a perfect way. Whereas like yeah. all of my friends were like, oh, it's Adachi, like in the first scene that he's in. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I didn't I didn't know. <laughs> oh, they looked it up. <laughs> I'm gonna call yeah. bullshit on him. <laughs> I thought it was Doji. I thought it was Dojima. The second time I played through, I I obviously knew it was Adachi. I said uh, Nato. Oh, not Nato. Um, um, the fucking um, the, the uh, what's girl. his face? Oh, Nanako. Yeah, yeah, Nanako. I said Nanako <laughs> as a joke, <laughs> just to see what would happen. Nothing really exciting happens, <laughs> which bummed me out. Yeah. Um, um. No, but I like I said, I think that he was he was really, and I think. Uh, in, and this is something, too, if you've been listening to this podcast um, and you haven't played Persona, which you shouldn't even be listening past this point if you haven't yet. I can guarantee you um, one person is listening right. Uh, at least one person who has not played the game is listening right now, and I know who it is. Mm. Adam mm-hmm. Manahan. Adam Manahan. This boy, the only <laughs> episode of ours he hasn't listened to, despite not playing most of these games, is Butterfly Soup because he actually plans on playing it. <laughs> um, That's adorable. He has it downloaded. He bought it and That's downloaded it. Uh, so- <laughs> I, know I know where you are. That's messed up, man. <laughs> uh, but I can guarantee you he's still listening because he will not. He, he doesn't have any means to play Persona okay, Four. Okay, well he needs he, to get he on. He won't it. put the time Adam, investment in because he's a doctor. This is this is us calling you out, Adam. Just give up the medical career. Yeah, make <laughs> time. Just play this. Persona. He, um, he calls it Japanese high school. Whenever I, I play mean, it, it kind of is, but I, in the, the best way possible. Yeah. Um, You're ten. Let's go. Um, but no, what I was going to say is, um, oh gosh, what was I going to say now? Sorry. Oh, you totally made me lose um, my my train of thought. Andrew. Sorry. I'm sorry. God damn it. Oh, oh, I was going to explain. Um, so there's Persona 4 and there's Persona 4 Golden and Golden has more content than it. Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to explain because we, I keep saying like Golden versus not and like, it's probably confusing if you don't know what the hell that means. Um, but I played Persona 4 Golden only. And so I think that's part of the reason the Adachi thing was so cool for me is because I did, like I told you, um, I told Andrew, who's one of my favorite characters, I maxed out his bond pretty early on. Like I spent time with him and stuff. So like when that, fl- like when I realized like towards the end like what it was kind of being set up and like but he was starting to act weirder and all that like that kind of switch flips and it's cool um you know and, and you, you realize and you know he's he's a very different kind of menacing character and he's very kind of he, he mocks you a lot and, and it's, it's just totally different from the person that you knew for the first you know eight months of playing the game yeah yeah um and i so think like it was cool i think namatame is a, is a really interesting villain too uh, and I like the the three human villains in the game. I forget the kid's name because he's a dweeb anyway. Um, <laughs> but like Namatame, the the like the false killer, and Adachi all have like these different relationships with the Shadow World, and uh, Namatame especially like his his uh, like Messiah complex like literally coming to fruition, and uh, you you kind of like seeing how this world warps people more directly mm-hmm. than it has uh, up until that point. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of uh, very referential to things that are in Persona 3 and the other Persona th- games, which is part of like why I really love Futaba's dungeon in Persona 5, because it is literally a Persona 4 dungeon in Persona 5. Uh, and like there, there's a lot of like really interesting callbacks and, and layering to, to the villains in Persona 4. I know it like, you know, in the end you're just fighting another god but like uh it is that is also like a big core to persona you know yeah and like i know i gave i know i gave the ending shit earlier it just 
with how grounded the rest of the game was, um, I mean, I guess outside of, you know, going inside your TV. Yeah, let's um, talk about the, the TV going in there and there's a bunch of monsters <laughs> in there. Let's talk about how grounded that is. Very grounded. I mean, so I grounded. do that every night Yeah, at midnight. <laughs> um, I mean, outside of that, like, the game is a fairly grounded game, so I wasn't, I think I wasn't expecting, like, this whole, like, God thing to come out and attack me and try to kill me. Well, so, clearly you need to watch more anime. Yeah, no, clearly, um, like, if you saw the end of Persona 3, you'd be like, man, Persona 4 is tame. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, if you want to see some weird anime shit. Yeah. I need to play Persona 3. I do, too. Like, I, like whenever I talk about persona games people i'm like man i need to play three yeah. so bad yeah. um oh you my god should you play three you don't need to play three it bums me out to say it. it's very difficult to play it's it is you can't it's hard party members in persona three which yeah. i don't do in persona because i played persona three first um so i'm ruined yeah. is basically what i'm saying um it's a lot <laughs> harder there's no checkpoints it's only hard it's, saves it's, uh, it's very a, hard it, it's a difficult game um, yeah. It is also balanced just a lot harder. Persona Three Fez is, so. um, yeah. but boy, yeah. it is a satisfying journey. I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the Dark Souls of Persona games. A, <laughs> oh no! I hate that stupid analogy. Dark Souls well, coming out and making its own genre is one of the worst things that ever happened. As someone who says <laughs> it's the Dark Souls of this a lot, um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. As someone who contributes to the problem, yeah, it is a problem. Yeah, I played uh, Code Vein at PAX, and I was like, "This is anime Dark Souls." Oh, yeah, I'm jealous. We need to talk about that. We need to talk about that after, like, off off mic because I want to. I'll tell you about Code Vein. It doesn't have anything to do with this. That's the only reason I'm saying off mic. I'm not expecting any juicy gossip. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we for real though do like. Yeah, I'm really looking incredible. forward to that game this year. Um. Yeah. But yeah, okay, we so really we should move the question. On yeah, it's to been the like question. an hour and a half. Hey, uh, well, I mean, I, I did set the expectations. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Okay, so for those of you who saw on our social media post, the question this week is, what is a truth about yourself that you hid from or ignored? Um, how did your relationships change when you embraced that truth? Or I put it, but like kind of just when you accepted that part of yourself. Um, so as always, we kind of go to our guests first, if they want to talk about things first, is there any, um, kind of story you have, um, Alex? Uh, I mean like for me and I've already touched on a little bit, but like it it is a lot of, uh, and we, we talked about this. We, irrational passions did a persona for golden spoiler cast that, um, I would recommend everyone just go check out. It's, it's very different than this, I would say, but we, we touch mm-hmm. on a lot of the themes of Persona 4. Um, fun fact about that show, there were four hosts. All four of us had different girls, best girls. So. Ooh, nice. nice. Um, uh, you get a little bit more of that diverse feeling. Um, but I would say, like, it, it's Risei. You know, it's a lot of that kind of these different masks that you put on for different parts of your life. And these, it, it is finding... Uh, that that balance. Like I remember, before I played Persona Four Golden, uh, when I was in therapy in in 2012, like I uh, remember explaining to my therapist how I had like segmented these relationships in my life. I'm like, this is my relationship relationship. This is my best friends. These are my not best friends friends. And like I was explaining it like some dude putting up red string on a corkboard, like a crazy person. Um, and you know I was in a very bad place in my life but like going through that and kind of getting through that depression and then 
like I said earlier, Persona 4 kind of found me at that time and I played it and I experienced that and it like shattered me, um, but like helped me build myself back up. Like I relate to that so much. Um, I think that is something that was and, and still to some extent is a really big problem. Uh, and I like that, you know, if, if I were to see the Persona 4 characters today, I imagine they would have their like that idea that their persona is transformed with this change of heart at the end. Like I imagine that is not the only time that that happens. Uh, in fact, in mm-hmm. persona Four golden, it happens twice to each character. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine that like that problem is something that evolves and you learn to deal with in different ways as you go grow older. Uh, and that kind of segmenting of, of my relationships and these parts of myself and not really having one connected person at the core of all that was something that I continue to address to this day. Uh, and I, it is, I think, strengthened a lot of my relationships as I try and get better about managing it. Yeah. No, I, I completely, it's kind of that com- compartmentalizing, I guess, of like yourself and relationships. And mm-hmm. I mean, it can be really exhausting to do that. Um, you know, and as like uh, mental health is something that's so incredibly important to me. So like, thank you for like talking about that. And, you know, it can be kind of hard and scary sharing things and I, I think that as a society we're moving more toward it being a little bit easier um to talk about going to therapy and talk about um you know getting help and and you know it, it it's great and it's just people talking about it like you um makes it easier for everyone and just I really appreciate it so thank you for sharing yeah definitely, definitely yeah I mean hard. I'm not trying to overshare <laughs> over here but like it's it's always a thing like if you read any of my writing either on my personal blog or on irrational passions like it is uh it is very core to my my writing i wrote a piece um called persona 3 helped me get over my chronic fatigue syndrome which was then kind of like what i was alluding to earlier i wrote it for mm-hmm. uh, pixelkin.org uh, about how persona 3 kind of came to me in this really poignant place in my life and persona 4 found me in a different place uh and i'm, I'm happy to say persona 5 didn't necessarily need to find me in a in a particular place but i'm hoping maybe if i revisit that game down the line i will be in a place where it really connects with me uh, and mm-hmm. that's that's just something really really important about these games and and how intimate they are. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is it is a core to everyone, I think, and it is it is something worth sharing. Absolutely, no, I, I completely and and my you know as far as what I would say, um, my biggest thing that I kind of had to learn to accept about myself would just be you know having bipolar um, or being bipolar, whatever you want to say. Some people say have, some people. Be, but um you know that's something that I've struggled with you know ever since I was probably like 13 or 14 um and it's made so many different parts of life incredibly difficult um and I think it wasn't until I, pu- I kind of publicly announced that I had bipolar gosh was it just January of last year um, not this past January, but the January before. Yeah, uh, no, I it was right around when Carrie Fisher died, so it would have been yeah. So it was December. This, it was in January. Yeah, so yeah, January. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was last January. January. Yeah. Um, I I posted. I actually wrote something for a mental health website, and they um published it for me, and it it was really cool, kind of uh getting it off my chest, and I think that it makes especially like you know, talking to my mom and kind of explaining to her, you know, I I went to a doctor and I have bipolar and I'm on medication for that now. And it just kind of, it makes people more understanding and it fills in a lot of, um, 
I guess reason like it, it gives it makes you understand the motivations between or it, behind there we go some of my behaviors um and yeah I mean it's it's kind of as much as it sucks like admitting it to myself and going and getting the medication because it makes you feel and I'm not saying that people who are bipolar are, are weaker or less or anything like that but it makes you feel like that initially um or at least made you feel that it, way. it made yeah it made I me feel that way it made me feel flawed it made me feel like um you know, like, why, why am I so damn gloomy all the time? Like, I just, you know, like, just suck it up, just be better. Like, I know I'm better than this. And like, there's a lot of frustration with yourself there. Um, you know, and that's, that's really something anybody who's depressed feels that too, you know? Um, it takes a lot to kind of be like, okay, no, this isn't normal. I have to, I have to do something. And like, it's not bad that I need to do something about it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's like I said, it's made a lot of people more understanding. Um, and it, has opened i mean i have another friend who since i was diagnosed with being bipolar she went to a doctor and she was diagnosed with bipolar as well because i mean she she's kind of she's very similar to me um and she's you know suffered from different mental health issues as well throughout her whole life and i think it kind of when you when you open that dialogue and you talk to your friends about it and you talk to your family about it um first of all i mean even if they're not suffering from mental health issues themselves it just makes them more educated it gives it a name it gives it a name yeah and i mean like that's the thing too is like i have you know people in my family who don't people a lot of people don't understand what being bipolar really is i mean it's different for everybody who has it but it's like i think it's so quick to jump on like oh they're crazy people you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's it's being like completely unmanageable it's like if you have it you're um I don't know. It's sometimes it's like it's almost schizophrenic. Yeah. Is it like kind of gets lumped into that? Um, and it's it's like no, no. It's it's really not like that. Like I mean, you can be someone who's bipolar, and I mean to be honest, a lot of musicians and and you know are like that's it's very common. Like there are lots of people who function fine with it. It's just a little bit harder to function. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean that you know you're flawed. And and learning that helped me realize that too. Um, so. Or I guess not really learning, but accepting it, getting help, um, you know. I think it changed our relationship, too, because, I mean, if we want to talk about how it impacts your relationships, because growing up, my dad was bipolar, um, and so that made that made growing up very hard, because he, he had very, very severe bipolar. Um, so, I dealt with that growing up, but I always just assumed that was dad. I never really, I didn't understand what bipolar was growing up. Um, and then when Jessica was diagnosed, it made a lot of sense. I finally connected the pieces that that's how dad was. Um, but you were like a less intense, severe than he was. Um, but like I saw the similarities Mm -hmm. and like I said earlier, like it gave it a name and it helped me understand that like your highs and your lows aren't your fault. That's who you are. And I the the only thing I can do is be there for you, to kind of to help smooth it out as best as I can. And and I and like I don't want to make this about me, but like the best thing I can do is just ride it out and wait and try to help. And I'm not going to be able to fix this. Like I can't make you feel better when you're feeling down. I can help, but it's not going to like boost you right back up to where you were. You mm-hmm. know. Um. So it changed our dynamic because, at least for me, because it gave me a way to understand your mood swings mm-hmm. um yeah i mean like, i've I, gone through different times in my life i mean i remember there was one time and and this is when i like it's going back to persona and persona 5 um futaba like there's times in my life where i like 
I was, I, that was me. You know what I mean? Like I remember, um, I used to, there was, I ended up withdrawing from college at one point, um, because I couldn't leave my house. Like I remember I tried to leave my house one time and I ended up getting sick and like throwing up because I was so anxious about leaving my house. Um, and I couldn't, whenever I went to a store, I could only use self checkout because I didn't want to talk to somebody else. And if self checkout, like if that wasn't open, like I would leave the store Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to talk to anybody. And like, I would, I would go through like periods of time where I was really withdrawn like that. Um, and I think that cause I'm, I'm more, I fall into the depressive slumps, I think a lot more than, and, and, but like I said, the main, the mania for me is more just like hyper productivity. Like that's when it, it sucks when you start things and you're in that phase. Cause like, I remember, um, one time I was in college, I was taking like really hard classes. I was, um, working a full-time job. I was doing some trendy. Um, I was working for one of my professors, um, and the school newspaper. And the school newspaper. Well, I was working for two professors actually, cause mm-hmm. I was designing a website and helping her promote her book and film. Um, and for the other professor, I was like basically an assistant in his class. And like, I helped, I was kind of like a tutor and yeah. stuff. Um, and then I was also doing like newspaper paper (laughs) and so like I was doing a million different things um and I was busy like constantly and I could handle it though because I loved doing it It made me feel confident and happy and I was like I'm on top of all it but then when you crash it's just like you it's like you're juggling and you're juggling super super well and then all of a sudden like you're just hit by something and you drop everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm sucky. I'm a sucky student. I'm, I'm letting people down. And then it just makes you feel worse about it all. Um, and so like it, but learning about having bipolar and, and it's made it to where I don't necessarily feel like I have an excuse for my, because I don't want it to be that. Like, I don't want to be like, Oh, well I'm bipolar. So it makes, you know, but it makes it to where I can understand um, the way that I'm feeling and I know when I need to get help and I know um, when I need to reach out to people and like, I know how to explain it to people better. Yeah. And I think like you touch on an important thing. It's true of me. Sounds like it's true of you. Like a a really great thing that persona four does about how it addresses its internal struggles is you have to be there for yourself, right? You have to accept Mm -hmm. it. Like you have to, you have, you can't just walk away. Um, And like, for example, like in the game, uh, Adachi and Namatame are both characters that kind of walk away from these parts of their themselves that they, they deny and you can kind of see how they, they don't grow on the other end of that um, mm-hmm. and I love that Persona 4 is like you know metaphorically presenting this thing of like you don't have to do this alone but you you have to be there for you um, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to to accept what's there um, whether it's good at good bad or ugly or usually all of the above. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you said that. Um, it's true. And it's it's something that it's true in that game. It's true in life. You yep. know, um, before you can accept the love and help of anybody else, you have to be willing to accept yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and, and be willing to love and, ex- and help yourself. Which sounds like such like a it do- it does. inspirational it like poster a cliche, kind of but thing. But I mean, it's true. Um, it is. If you can't, if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, this is what's going on then no one is going to be able to going to be able to help you mm-hmm. um, if you can't admit it to yourself and that actually ties into mine as well Jessica um, yeah no Jessica you can have the floor no, Jessica and I are actually really similar I'm not bipolar um, I didn't get many genes from my dad except for my looks I got everything else from my mom so luckily I didn't get his bipolar um, but my I had a moment of clarity sophomore year of college no 
Yes, no, junior year of college, uh, first time Jessica and I were living together. I finally admitted to myself that I have depression and that something is not right. Um, I I was on antidepressants in high school because right around when my dad was sick and died because it helped me. Yeah, I was doing it more preventively, um, which maybe wasn't the best idea in the world. Um because I, it was my senior year of high school. Like I needed to finish school and graduate and find a college to go to. And like, I couldn't let myself get into a rut. I needed to push through it. And so I dealt, I did that in high school. Um, all prescribed. It wasn't anything like I was buying like Zoloft off people or anything like that. Um, but then I stopped, I stopped cold Turkey, which was awful. It felt like shit. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't take anything for a few years and I would go through these bouts of just really bad depression. And it was particularly bad when Jessica and I started living together, not because we were living together, but that's just timing. Um, and I got heavily into Say Anything, the band, um, specifically their album is a real boy, which was their first album. And when I get into bands, or at least when I used to really get into bands, I would I would watch like interviews and stuff and really get into it. And I was listening to Max Bemis, the lead singer, talk about the making of the album, which is about, or which happened around like his when he was like undiagnosed bipolar, doing a lot of drugs, having a really bad time, and he he checked himself in because he realized there was something wrong and that he couldn't keep doing this to himself and obviously like my problems weren't nearly as severe my condition wasn't nearly as severe as him but i looked in the mirror and said there's something wrong here i'm not okay i'm i'm sleeping all the time i'm not enjoying things i'm irritable i'm angry i'm taking it out on the people i love i you know all the just the common depression symptoms like i want to die um uh, I I never had plans to commit suicide, but I thought about it. Um, so, I mean, that's scary enough. And it's at times like that where you need to step back and be like, there's something wrong. This isn't okay. This isn't what normal people think. And so I got help. I went to therapy for a little bit. Um, was a college student, so it was too fucking expensive. Because um, my college offered like three free sessions a semester, which is you know three one hour sessions the first one being like a tutorial essentially therapy session which is useless um but yeah i got on antidepressants and admitting to myself that there was something wrong allows me to identify when i'm in a depressive slump and which makes it easier to cope with um and it's something that it relates to persona and the fact that it's a lot of people know me as like a very happy vocal outspoken kind of person um and the depressive side of me is always kind of there but never really comes out very often uh you know my depression is being really bad when i'm being very self-depreciating which is what i referenced right when we started um so if i'm being super self-depreciating then uh, i more often than not i'm having a really bad depressive slump um but I keep that from people and people don't really expect it when I sit down and talk to them, you know, and say like, yeah, I mean, I deal with depression. They're like, I don't believe you. And it's like, I do I like really bad sometimes. And I, I talk to people and I explain to them and say, this is what happened. Like I need to, like I needed to admit to myself. 
and so I keep it from people. I try to keep it from people. Um, but the most important thing I learned was not to keep it from myself. Um, just embrace what I am and what is wrong with my noggin um, and keep going, do the best I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I mean, that's to this day is a real boy by saying anything is one of my favorite albums of all time. If not my favorite album, not necessarily because I think it's one of the best albums ever made, but because of what it did for my life. Um, I, yeah. And I, I like, that's how persona four is for me, you know, like as yeah. a game, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's those pieces, those pieces of media to different people mean so many different things. Um, and it's, like I said, like is a real boy isn't the greatest album ever made by a long shot. I mean, I won't argue that, but it means something to me because it made me complete in the way that I can understand myself better because of it, and because of the situations that happened to Max and him talking about it as he like after making it and stuff like that. Like that made me realize there's something wrong, and it made it made me face myself. So I still listen to that album on the regular because I love it. Yeah. I want to say like, uh, actually even more like on the same level for me personally, a piece of media that did that was uh, the movie silver linings playbook. I don't know if you've either of you ever seen that movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's actually my favorite movie of all time because it was kind of this thing that ended up meaning so much to me because it helped me get through this kind of internal transformation out of depression. Mm. No, yeah, no, I love that movie. It's it's, it's a great. It's very good. Very yeah. good movie. <clears throat> so, um, I something that I'm just thinking about with all three of our stories and like just two kind of things that I want to say. Um, I think it's just so cool being people who love movies and music and uh, games, especially and books and, and and media people. You know what I mean? Like we're all um, kind of that creative minded. Um, it's it's amazing how because of the way that we are in that regard um your life and like the media you consume like you can almost build like this timeline around certain things that helped you in certain different you know in in different ways like you know I can look back and I can say okay when I was really bad when I was like kind of in that agoraphobic state um Mass Effect was one of the things that like really kind of helped me it was like it was my comfort food you know I I really loved doing that and it made me realize um it sounds kind of stupid because obviously like the big mission in Mass Effect is saving the galaxy you know but it's it gave me like kind of made me feel like purpose and it made me feel like okay I have to kind of save my own life you know and it's cool that we each kind of have um different media and everybody I talk to like in and who's involved in this industry or who loves games everybody has that kind of story Mm -hmm. and I think it's it's just it's really it's shows how important art and creativity and and stories are um so it's kind of cool hearing you know you guys talk about the different media that helped you figure your way out of things um and it's cool looking back at at my own things that I've consumed during my life and what those have meant for me and what state I was in and you know how they helped me so that's that's the one thing and the second thing I want to say is it's cool also being a part of that community and I feel like you know, like-minded people are drawn to other like-minded mm-hmm. people. So it's not only do we have this media that kind of helps us and is there for us, but we have each other. You know, I, I've met so many cool people. A lot of people I know either have depression or anxiety or, um, you know, I've even a handful of people I have bipolar, which is something that it's it's crazy to think that 
um, out of everybody in the world. Like I, I know like at least like three people who have it as well. And I was just drawn to these people because, you know, we're similar. We, we work the same. Um, and it's, it's great. You know, it's, it's great being it, it, like having people know how you work, having people understand how you feel um, and having that special bond. Oh, definitely. I and, mean, uh, to, like, to kind of go off your first point, too, like I um, I wrote an essay and, and did a, a video in my I have a video series that I is still, I guess, on hiatus. It's called Alex Talks. I did something called The Ultimate Experience um, where I, I kind of talk about how the the thing to keep in mind anytime you're on the internet or just talking to people is and it's it's one of the reasons why I like talking about video games so much because I feel like video games of all experiences are, are usually the most unique per person mm-hmm. um, but like something could have spoken to someone in such a specific way um, that like maybe you'll never understand uh, or at least you definitely won't if you don't a- ever ask um, but um, to be like there, there's this this kind of habit and especially like with hot take culture which i absolutely hate um that's Mm -hmm. a whole other thing but there's this habit to kind of like very passively or very quickly dismiss something uh as poor or as bad or um just out of hand and it can it can hurt a lot when you do that to someone like maybe you care about about something that they really care about like the whole futaba little sister thing is like it hurts a lot because this is a thing that in the the grand scheme of things means a lot to me because of this very specific experience that I had with it uh, and your kind of offhanded nature of just dismissing this out of turn is it hurts Uh, and I think like a thing to keep in mind anytime you're talking about video games is how each experience is so unique to to each person Uh, and I'm not saying like we don't have we we can't take the criticism out of everything like I like I I think criticism is really important but um, I think keeping in mind that everyone has their own experiences and, and things touch everyone in, in different ways. Uh, like having that in the back of your mind, anytime you, you start kind of a conversation about something, whether it be positive or negative uh, in my experience has only ever made it better. Uh, especially when you're talking about female characters in persona. It's almost Yeah. Saying. No. Now, and I, I think that it's a matter of like, you can be critical about things, but there's a way to be respectful of mm-hmm. other people, especially um, when it's something where emotions are poured into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. I mean, you can listen to the last episode we did about Shadow of the Colossus. I made my. I made my feelings about the game very clear. I know that game is special to a lot of people, and I. I always feel bad because I always preference like I know this game's not for me, but here's my criticism of it. I. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I'm too harsh. Um, and I, I feel like, but even clear. even by just saying that though, you are you are doing better than ninety percent of everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I feel like I feel like like even like when I tweet stuff like I feel like I just have to have, constantly have that disclaimer on there because like I get that this isn't for me I get that I don't like this but like you do you you like it it means something to you that's cool and so like I personally am trying to find where that line is and how to do that because I know I'm not the best at it um, I get very passionate about things I don't like and critique things I like critiquing things but I don't like that I like critiquing things. No, and, um, like, I, I completely understand. And it's something that, I mean, going full circle to you, me calling something a stupid boy game, that's something that I've really tried to 
cut out with myself too like before i tweet something i something i try to think like okay is this going to like i feel like it kind of goes with hot take culture too it's like people will tweet something just for the sake of pissing people off and kind of and being like well mine's the most controversial opinion you know and like i i don't want to be known for having like i i would rather be somebody who like lifts other people up and like talks yeah yeah, i don't i don't know but i just it's something where is instead of calling me a stupid boy game like okay let me try it and 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 it's i i want to be more open because i can have a tendency to be judgmental towards things and i know that um Mm -hmm. and it's something that i try to actively work on because i don't want to be that kind of person i mean i don't know if you guys are a fan of the hit twitter series andrew's uh, late hot takes but (laughs) it is uh it has one entry and it's me giving the least hot takes possible it's me being late to the party about praising something um Mm -hmm. but i actually want to make like i want to do that regularly because i want to I want to support the things that, you know, that are good. And, you know, I know everybody else is already saying it, but hey, you know what? Fuck yeah, let's do it. You know, I'm going to add my voice to this crowd because mm-hmm. good things deserve to be praised. Um, yeah. I like, I, I, there's a way to do it. You know, like, I feel like Twitter is just yeah. a bad medium for criticism uh, just because yeah. of the inhibitions of, of the nature of that platform. But, like, I think yeah. having, like, you know, we've had this whole conversation. I think there's zero doubts in anyone's mind that I think maybe the highest of Persona 4 of any video game. Um, that didn't stop me from, like, bringing up how it, it failed its queer characters and, and bringing up, mm-hmm. you know, Yosuke's, yeah. like, kind of passive, super homophobic tendencies. Like, yeah. there are problems with Persona 4, um, but that doesn't stop me from loving it and uh, i i like to hope that anyone that listens to this knows that i am both critical of it while also adoring it in every way shape and form so mm-hmm. there's yeah. there's always a balance mm-hmm. i think it's when you start to um kind of make it less about like the game it's you know what i mean like criticizing the game or like a certain part of it or like their treatment of characters or gameplay like that's that's one thing but when you start to kind of like knock the experience as a whole for people that's when it starts reaching like that dangerous territory um and like i've known and this is something completely different but this is something that i've just kind of learned um growing up is it's it's become kind of cool i feel like sometimes and i'm I'm not religious at all but to like just be completely like okay well if you're religious you're stupid you're intolerant you're this you know and like just kind of like not like throw that at people Mm -hmm. um and it sucks because it's like I, I just don't think that it's necessary to really behave that kind of you know in that hostile manner yeah. um and you know to, to each their own is kind of what it is like it can be a good thing for some people it can be a bad thing for some people um and you shouldn't tear down someone's experience with something or something that means a lot to them and that can apply to like different organizations that people are with uh, just just anything it's it's you just have to there reaches a point when, like, yes, if somebody is intolerant or something, then you, yes, stand, you know, cut in or whatever. But, yeah, it's especially with games, with personal experiences, with things that people are connected to, I think there's just a way to be respectful about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, just respect other people and you'll probably be exactly. okay. Kind of some some deep talks here at the end. Yeah, this is, it's what Persona 4 is all about. I, I Listen, <laughs> I brought it. You, yeah. you the, did bring the, it. You did. No, it's been amazing having you on. One, so you know. <laughs> we do have we have three emails that we got yes, from people this we week. Do. So and we let's, let's let's try to move through as quickly as possible because our dog needs to go to the bathroom real bad. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with this one right here. Okay, okay. you want to read it? Yeah. So okay, go ahead. All right. So one truth about me that I had was that I was being a 
I guess manipulative to my first girlfriend. There was a lot of reasons why I got like that. I went through abuse as a kid, and I was cheated on by her once. She changed and got better herself, but I was damaged after she did that to me. I became toxic towards her and didn't realize I had massive trust issues. So that led to me being abusive towards her, emotionally, not physically. Once we decided it was best to break up, I faced the fact I needed help. I went to therapy for a few months and was able to get help. I have dated since then and have gotten better. It was tough to face that I was damaged and actually needed help, but I became stronger in the end. I spoke to the girl a few months after we broke up and there are no hard feelings between us if anybody ever feels they need help seek it excuse me you will just become stronger in the end and healthier something i really like about this um email is i feel like when we talked about it um we were kind of saying it, w- it wasn't necessarily something bad we were doing you know it was like a mental health thing mm-hmm. it was um you know oh we, we you know we needed to you know kind of not fess up i don't know but we like depression and anxiety and, and bipolar like that, that was kind of what it is this is like actually like bad behavior you know what i mean it wasn't it's it's like i was being abusive mm-hmm. um and it takes a lot to um a, lo- a lot of people who are who are abusive who are um you know harming someone being a toxic person it doesn't mean you're a bad person but it's definitely a bad thing to do and it takes a lot to to have the reflection and, and to kind of look at yourself and realize what you're doing and how you're being so kudos yeah. to this guy for being like i needed help i was in the wrong mm-hmm. yeah and like Dealing with that kind of toxicity is is not easy, uh, and no. like I, I think I think it's I'm glad it worked out in this situation. Like in in worse situations, it is like it is harder to accept that you know there are a lot of cases where people just aren't going to forgive you, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's that is also a very difficult part of like addressing your own toxicity. Um, I've definitely had like fits of that as well, and. It's it's a hard thing to live up to. It's a hard thing to live with, but like, you can only make yourself better by by kind of like dealing with it and addressing it and uh, like taking the time to actually reach out and apologize and doing things like that. So mm-hmm. that's not yeah. easy, and that's really impressive that you did that. Yeah, absolutely. If if you're listening, very impressive yeah. and and right of you. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm I'm glad that you're you got help and you and you're living your best life. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, and here is another one we have. Okay, so uh, a truth about myself. If I were ever truly alone, I wouldn't make it in school, career, or life. It's why I've grown so attached to my friends. Uh, They make me. It's also a reason Persona 4 Golden is one of my favorite games ever. A game that was fun, but also prioritized getting to know the people around you to be a better, stronger person. Sign me the fuck up, because that was supposed to be a question mark there. Um, When I finally came to terms with this, I began opening up. I always thought that keeping things to yourself was the way you do it. Then I had a crisis in high school that actually nearly killed me. Writing about that, and more importantly, sharing it with folks that helped me grow, and more importantly, sharing it helped me grow from the experience um i bounced back and had the best year of my life when my brother tried to kill himself last year i ran away for a week to find to some friends and they heard me out and helped me bounce back from the spiraling having people i love understand that i need them sometimes is the greatest gift i will ever have oof that one i connect with this on a very strong level um one of the hardest things I ever had to do um, was tell my mom that at one point I wanted to kill myself and that the only reason she still has a son is because of Jessica and our dog. Um, college Shout sucked. Shout out to the dog. Shout out to Bruce. Yeah, Bruce is – really, it was mostly Bruce. Um, mm-hmm. He's very cute. College was not a good time for me. Yeah. Um, 
I barely made it through college, um, like grade wise slash not getting kicked out and like literally barely made it. Um, so I get this, this resonates with me very strongly because yeah, I mean, I straight up told my mom that I said, you have a lot to owe to Jessica and that dumb dog. Um, because she didn't know. And this is right. I told her this right around when I told her and I admitted to myself that I was depressed and that I needed help. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's impossible to go it alone in life. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not going to work. Um, and having the support, a support group of people that you can, in this person's case, literally run away to, is one of the best things that you can have. Uh, hopefully you never need it. Hopefully was, nothing gets that bad, but yeah. knowing that it's there and utilizing it when it does get that bad is incredible. I was going to say, like, I would never, ever obviously wish tragedy upon anyone. Um, but it's one of those things to where when that does unfortunately happen, because it happens to everyone, um, it really does show you who's there for you though. And in this case, it's like you got to run away to your, um, you know, your friends and they heard you out. They helped you bounce from spiraling. Um, having people like that, just good people who, who know how to take care of you, who love you, who support you. Um, it, like I said, it's, it's never worth going through the, tra- the tragedy. It's, it sucks. Um, but that is kind of a silver lining to it. And um, it's great that you kind of found that you had friends that you can confide in. Um, and I'm really sorry about your brother, too. You know, that's horrible. Um, I, I've had in my family, it's kind of crazy. Um, I've had three uncles kill themselves and I had one uncle who tried. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like just baffling. Like the it's mm-hmm. like I tell people that and they're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I like, had I had a cousin kill himself and I've had two other cousins try. Yeah. So it's, it's just, you know, it's life's hard. You know, if we're, if we're not all there for people, if we don't open up, it's impossible. Um, so, you know, I, I, I obviously each experience is different and I can't imagine it being a brother. Um, but it's hard to know that someone's feeling that way. Um, it's almost harder. I I think it is harder to watch someone be depressed or watch someone be suicidal than it is to be it yourself. You know, um, just cause your heart breaks, you can't actually have a direct impact. You can't fix the problem as much as you want to. Yeah. I think it, that depends. Um, living through it, I'll say, <laughs> can be can be pretty bad. Um, yeah. But one thing I I do love to kind of relate it back to Persona Four and kind of like that feeling of friends that you can depend on. Um, and it's it's something that I think is ultimately the the thing that wins Persona Four over Five for me. Even though you know, again, not necessarily a competition. I love both games. Um, but the this feeling of found family in Persona 4 mm-hmm. is something that is just so unfiltered and so poignant. Um, like these people get, not necessarily get, but just so happen to see each other and themselves at their, their literal worst. Uh, and there's this empathy you have for each character you're, fighting tooth and nail to save of them just being so alone uh and and so isolated with nothing but this horrible reflection of everything they hate about themselves um and this feeling of like after all of this after this horrible trauma 
the reward is this group of people that have seen you at your worst and still want to see you at your best. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, you know, the, all those characters, like, they genuinely love each other. Like, there's this sense of family of that group that is never been replicated in another game. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, it's, it's something they do so well and it's, uh, it's very meaningful. So, um, video games are good. Video games are are cool. Some would even say, yeah, some might put it on a (laughs) t-shirt. Um, so we have one more, uh, email left. This Um, is actually more of a question for us. Um, which is fine. Like I've always said from the beginning, like it's something to where um, if, if you if you just want to write in a comment about the game or you, yeah. you have another question, like relationship question, um, you can totally write in and we'll read it. Yeah. So that's one of these, which is I this don't is think like, this is the first one, I think. I, say, I think it's like the first one yeah. we've kind of gotten like this. So, so the question is, in Persona games, you can reach high social links with multiple romance partners before finally locking one down. How do you feel about that transitioning to the real world? Getting incredibly close to multiple women slash men, then ghosting them when you pick your quote unquote best girl. Um, I mean, obviously it's incredibly problematic. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the real world for me, I've never really um <laughs> been in a situation to where like I've been dating multiple people and then like yeah. like I sh- I guess he uses the word like ghosting them when you pick your best girl. Like, yeah. I've never really had that situation occur for me. Me either. I've always been I mean, straight-laced in my relationships. <laughs> I, I've never dated multiple people. I mean, I've been interested in multiple people at the same time. And, like, I've never ghosted anyone, though. I mean, I mean I've mean, i also been dating Jessica since high school, so it's hard to ghost people It's been a long school. time. Yeah. Um, you, like, probably will see them every day uh, unless you're dating outside of the school, which is not the easiest thing to do. When yeah. your school is 1,500 people. It's a big school. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I feel like we don't really have any. Do you have any advice, Alex? <laughs> I mean, like my my thing is like honesty is always just so important. Like, you know, I, as as things have changed, like uh, polygamy is like way more prolific and also like way more accepted. And uh, as as Americans like slowly kind of get out of this very prudish mentality that like I feel like just American society is kind of imposed upon itself. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. a healthy mentality that, that, that sex and intimacy are are so taboo. It just happens to be the one we live in. Um, Absolutely. People are kind of getting over that. And I, I like that. And I think like there is really no harm in, in having feelings for multiple people, as long as everyone kind of is on the same page. Right. Um, And if you are, not in a committed relationship and are dating someone and in our some level of relationship with it and you plan on seeing other people as long as they, they kind of know where everything is and, and you know where they are and you've had yep. that conversation I, I like I feel like that's that's fine like I've been in a position where I've had I've been interested in multiple people and I've like over time gotten to know both of them better um, but you know I'm like a, a serial monogamist right like I couldn't my brain couldn't handle being intimate with more than one person um yeah, I, I would let alone one person <laughs> just in general uh but like everybody's different you know that that's true of me but i have to be understanding and open and receptive to the idea that that isn't true of the partner that i'm with and i think just being aware of that and, and having those conversations that might seem difficult but i feel like as soon as you actually have that conversation it's like oh this wasn't that bad 
Uh, yeah. yeah. I and think I think we, okay. absolutely. We, we come back to that point. I feel like every episode, um, you know, it's just communication is key. Like yeah. um, it's, it's just, it's really, as long as everybody knows what's going on yeah. uh, in a relationship and, and you're clear about things and there's, you, you have respect for one another, um, you know, like, I yeah. also think like, don't ghost people. Like if you were interested in someone and are no longer interested in them, just tell them like, they it will save so much time it might burn a bridge but like at the end of the day it's a much nicer way of burning that bridge than just never talking to them again yeah yeah definitely yeah no it's it's one of those things to where it's like i feel like the only acceptable time to ever is like if someone's actually being like abusive or toxic to you because i've heard some people be like oh i've had to do this like it wasn't my first choice but i had to because of the situation like i totally cut it off exactly and like i'm all for like if it's for if it's for your mental health if you are in a situation with somebody um and you need to just get rid of them like i get those bridges um exactly um but you know easy it's not it's not the nicest thing to do but it's gonna save both of you heartache in the long run yeah um, or at, le- at least yourself. Sometimes yeah. self-preservation. I mean, you you got to take care of yourself. You got to take um, care of numero uno. You do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in, in most other cases, though, I would say, yeah, like it's it's just one of those things to where um, everybody deserves kind of an answer. And um, it's just up to us to kind of be decent and, it's, and you know, talk it's, to it's, people. It's always, yeah. For me, like, and I, I said it earlier, like my, my whole mentality with my my work, my writing, my, my shows is empathy, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. if you were interested in someone or at least like passively interested in someone talking to them, having a good time talking to them and they just never talk to you again, like, would you like that? Or would you prefer them to say like, Hey, like thought I was interested in you. My feelings have changed. You know, I'd rather if we didn't talk anymore, you know, I'd rather just know, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. if you'd rather just know, then you should just say it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that's one thing too. Um, going back to video games and how cool they are. Um, I think video games are one of the best teachers of empathy. Um, depending on like what types of games you play, obviously. Um, but I, I really genuinely think they can be some yeah. of the. I mean, best do makes you feel bad for demons. <laughs> there you go. Do make doesn't make me feel bad for shit. <laughs> uh, I'll say this: Persona Three, the the biggest drawback of persona 3 um you cannot have social links with any of your male party companions i kind of mentioned that earlier um so you can only have social links with your female party companions uh you can only romance in those social links like there's no non-romance option uh and if you are romancing multiple folks at the same time they will get angry at you (laughs) and (laughs) their relationships will become negative and you'll have to make up and then continue that so you can only do one of those relationships at a time on top of that. So if you wanted to do like the completionist thing, um, I just wouldn't. (laughs) uh, Oh God, you bring that up though. And it makes me like, so one of my worst experiences in playing a game is persona (laughs) four. So I didn't realize that like, if you hug Rise, you enter a relationship with her. Yeah. So she's like crying and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to hug this girl. And I was already in a relationship with Yukiko and I hugged her and it's like, you have now entered a relationship. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) And so then like the rest of the game was me essentially like gaslighting Rise because she'd be like, are you, are you interested in somebody else? Like just like all of these things. I'm like, no, no, you're imagining it. And it was horrible. That's what you get for two time in my girl. I know. Hey. No, there's nothing that makes you feel more like a monster than like doing that. Than seeing Reese's face and knowing how much you hurt her. 
Yep. Exactly. Just like fucking messing with her brain. It was awful. It's like this is people who do this in real life. You're the worst. <laughs> yeah. All right. So time to pick a winner of the $10 gift card. Yeah. Um, I while, while we were talking, I rolled the random number generator. And the winner is the person who actually asked us a question. Okay, so uh, the one about the, the ghosting and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so you win a $10 gift card to the platform of your choice. We will reach out to you and get you that code. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that is it. It was All a long-ass episode, it, but yeah, it was we worth it. It was right really cool. Two hours is officially the longest episode. Whoa. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rating so champ gonna... continues. <laughs> I would say, yeah, so you definitely hold the record yeah. right now. Yeah. And if, if somebody comes in and if beats you, then we just need to get you back Alex on the Van show. Aiken is like, oh, I could beat him. <laughs> you tell him I want a rematch. <laughs> All right. No, what we should do is we should have both of you on the same time and then just let you guys talk to each other. <laughs> that'd, be like, that'd be like a four-day-long podcast. I <laughs> exactly. And Andrew and I will just be over here bringing up old shit and, and breaking up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about like, boy games. Dumb, dumb boy games. Stupid boy games. Dumb boy games. <laughs> well, Alex, uh, one last time, pimp your shit. Uh, I am the host and proprietor of Irrational Passions. You can find it at irrationalpassions.com. I host multiple podcasts there. I write there. There's. I, I wrote a uh, review of Yakuza 6, which was my first Yakuza game. You should go read that. I, I really liked it. It's a very good nice. video game. I definitely cried multiple times in that video game, uh, just like I do every time I play Persona. Uh, <laughs> we didn't. We I said we were going to talk about it. We didn't. But the epilogue uh, of Persona Four Golden is the best ending in all video games. It's uh, so good. Uh, it's very good. You can quote. You can put that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still feel like it's like we could go on for like another like yeah, three hours. Really no, I know I, we shouldn't. I'm very but we didn't hungry. talk about Bruce the beach. We didn't talk about the ski lodge. We didn't talk about the, <laughs> the ski lodge. Not in the original Persona Four. Added in nope. Persona Four Golden. Very good addition. Yep. Such a good like such a good addition. Yep. I love the ski lodge. We didn't part. talk anyway, about like getting on dates with Kanji <laughs> and Yosuke. Like you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. God, there's just that game is just so fun. It's almost like it's a hundred hour plus game. (laughs) If if you haven't played it, play that fucking game. It's wonderful. Um, You, Adam. (laughs) We we will wrap up though. Um, Like Andrew said, we haven't had dinner yet, so it's it's, what like eight o'clock here on the West Coast. I'm just trying to ride this out until God of War goes live, and then I can just (laughs) hop off here and play that. So I'm I'm considering it buying it digitally, even though I have it on the way on Amazon because I want to play tonight. But at the same time, I'm like, don't do it. You got to pre-installed, man. You're the one that's Uh, missing out. I know. Don't don't. Um, Okay, but yeah, so. You can follow Alex at uh, AL Fighter twenty seven, right? Yes. Okay. At uh, on Twitter, uh, do it. He posts lots of good stuff. Yes. He's a super fun guy. Yes. You have your selfie days, which I always love. They're yes. so great. Selfie Saturday. Um, selfie that. Saturday, yep. and then you have your chats on Sundays, right? Yes. Yeah, and so you just you're like a very um, interactive person. Yeah, I which feel is like. fun. Which is yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and obviously, like all the writing you do, and everybody you have, kind of the the like of a, a, like assembly of people you have um so cool yep. uh i love it all so definitely follow him thank yep. you you flatter me it's fine it's <laughs> oh i mean i have to flatter people after i tear down andrew <laughs> with stupid boy kids. yeah so just gotta to make, redeem those points she's gotta f- find people to make more new podcasts with yeah. because that's all she does is just make <laughs> podcast plans with everyone else i know that feeling <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Kiss Kiss Game Game. We will be back in two weeks. Uh, You can support. We forgot to 
pimp this earlier. Uh, you can support us Why on do Patreon. Why are you using the word pimp? Because I, hate it. I can. No, um, plug. plug. Plug is okay. Okay, so forgot to plug the patreon earlier patreon.com slash kkgg podcast uh for just a buck you can get the episode early on saturday it goes live for everyone on tuesday there's other tiers five dollars gets you oh we actually just retweeted we, we, it. Yeah, we redid it and yeah. like it's really cool yeah. um so five dollars gets you a bonus episode we actually just put up the april bonus episode yeah um we it was pretty funny we talked about like relationship questions on uh like reddit yeah. slash or like our relationships, our relationships. Yeah. um that was pretty good we did like one where we read overwatch fan fiction we did one where we played fuck mary kill always a good time um and that's only five bucks and then at five bucks you also get the um like monthly stream that we do too yeah. so and that's coming up here pretty soon yep. um yeah we have a few other tiers too be sure to check them out and i hope that they f- tickle your fancy i don't oh, know wow, okay um <laughs> I all right you were i I don't know. Okay. Yeah. You can wrap us up, Andrew. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will see you in two weeks. We have a very exciting guest in two weeks. We'll announce that a little bit later. It's going to be cool, though. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. Alex, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Alex. Alex's. <laughs> it's me. Uh, that guy. Alex's. <laughs> that, that guy's. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you, guys. This was so much fun. I'm glad I, I hope I did all right. No. You dude, did amazing. Fantastic. Yes. So thank you so much for coming on, and we will see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Can I stop recording now?